1: Montreal was on fire tonight for Elimination Chamber. Man, I've been looking forward to this match for a very long time. Months, in fact. I've been waiting for Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn to have their big championship match. You knew it was going to be fun. You knew it was going to be loud in the bell center. You knew it last night if you watched SmackDown. I was pumped up for tonight. Elimination Chamber was a show that had two chamber matches, but it was all about the main event. Roman Reigns defending his undisputed championship against Sami Zayn. And I, I it's amazing to me how many people have been going back and forth with me over the last few days trying to convince themselves that Sami Zayn has to win. Sami Zayn has to win. How could Sami Zayn possibly go to Montreal with all of this build and all of the momentum that he has and not win? Right? Oh, he's got, he's got to win. They have to call an audible. And I'm sorry to say, these people set themselves up for disappointment. They have nobody to blame but themselves. Because nearly everything that I expected to happen on this show, with one exception, happened. Roman Reigns is still the undisputed WWE Universal Champion. Predictable, but the right decision. Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley, I was not a fan of that finish, the way they did it. But I was not expecting a clean finish. We did not get a clean finish. Austin Theory, still the United States champion, as I expected he would be. Asuka going to WrestleMania. Asuka pointing at the WrestleMania sign, by the way. Look at what I got over my shoulder here in the background. You thought I was lying the other day. I got the fucking WrestleMania sign behind me. So now even I can point to the WrestleMania sign. Asuka's going to WrestleMania. She's going to challenge Bianca Belair for the Raw Women's Championship. The only outcome that surprised me tonight was actually in the tag team match. It was Edge and Beth Phoenix against Finn Balor and Rhea Ripley. I thought the Judgment Day was going to go over. I thought the Judgment Day should go over. They did not go over. They gave Edge the big win in Canada. That's about the only thing that happened on this show that I really did not see coming. And yet, when this show was over, I thought it was an excellent show overall. Had a lot of fun watching this pay-per-view. It's a very strong show overall, but everybody's going to be talking about what they did in the main event. What WWE, what Triple H did in the main event tonight was the right move as far as the man who went over. Roman Reigns is in the middle of a run that is historic and that we have not seen a run like this since Hulk Hogan in WWE. One of the biggest names of all time. Hulk Hogan, champion, four years in a row. Roman Reigns is not going to be champion four years in a row. He's not catching Hulk Hogan. He's not catching Bob Backlund. And ain't nobody catching Bruno San Martino, no matter how many times Michael Cole says his name on TV. We are in the middle of a run that is historic because how often do you see a championship run like that anymore? Roman Reigns, the heel, has dominated the last three years in the WrestleMania main event. Might happen for a fourth year, too. It's no guarantee that Roman's going to lose at WrestleMania this year. You get this close to WrestleMania, six weeks away from the biggest show of the year, over 900 days as champion. Why would you think that on this night, on this show, in this match, Roman Reigns was going to lose his championship? I don't know why people set themselves up for disappointment like that. I've been telling you for weeks, but people were still trying to convince themselves right up until the very last moment, Salamon, so you're wrong. That's a terrible idea. It would be a huge misfire pitching all kinds of ideas to me, a lot of them really bad ideas, by the way. What they did tonight was not a surprise, and it should not have been a surprise to the people watching. But what they did was very weird. And I'm, not that I didn't like the main event. I Actually, I enjoyed the main event. And the atmosphere and the fans in Montreal really made that main event feel special. It really did, when he came out, when Sammy came out, And when the bell rang, and everybody gave him a standing ovation, and everybody, all all the chants and everything, it felt like Chicago in 2011. It had that Money in the Bank 2011 in Chicago feel. Didn't have the big happy ending like people had at Money in the Bank in Chicago, but it had that vibe to it. We got both Usos. Jimmy Uso, he managed to uh, escape across the border. He was uh, smuggled. Maybe by a mule. I don't know. But they smuggled him across the border. Both Usos were on the show tonight. Even though Paul Heyman told them to stay home, we got it. We don't need you in Montreal. We knew at least Jay would be there. Jay Uso did show up in that main event. And the predictable way to go, the way that I expected it to go, is that Jay Uso would show up tonight and he would make his decision. He would would pick his side. He would side with family. He would side with blood. And he would turn on Sami Zayn. Even if he really didn't want to, he would side with Roman Reigns. And he would help Roman Reigns retain his championship. Then we would get the Kevin Owens return. And that would set the stage for a big tag team title match at WrestleMania. Instead, what they did is they muddied the waters a little bit. Because Jey Uso shows up and the pay-per-view is over. And we still have no idea which side Jey Uso is on. Now we know which side he's going to end up being on. He's going to end up being with the bloodline and they're going to defend their tag team titles against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. That is going to be the direction for WrestleMania. That was always going to be the direction for WrestleMania. That hasn't changed. But the way they're going about getting there, they're milking it for television. My fear, though, in what they did and how they did it tonight is that they left the door wide open. If you watch the end of that pay-per-view. They left you thinking that there really is a very good chance that the main event of WrestleMania is going to end up being a triple threat match. Sami Zayn got fucked. It was it was sort of indecisive, right? Because Jay's in the ring and Sami went to go give the haluva kick to Roman and he, or or spear him, I guess, and he moved and he speared Jay by accident, and so we have all of this drama and all of this uncertainty. But just the way in which they went about doing it. Because it was overbooked as all hells. And overbooked, it was like a Jeff Jarrett TNA main event back in 2004. But the way they did it, they left the door wide open for people to expect a triple threat match at WrestleMania. And that is the worst possible thing they could have done. Because if they're committed to Cody Rhodes, the winner of the Royal Rumble, going to WrestleMania and challenging for the championship. And so far they've handled the Cody Rhodes situation very well. I thought it was it was brilliant what they did. The promo with him and Paul Heyman. Getting him and Sammy in the ring together on Monday night. All right, the fans haven't turned on Cody. Cody's very over. But you have to handle it very delicately. One wrong step and it can go the opposite way. The last thing you want is people thinking and demanding for a triple threat match. Because that will sabotage Cody Rhodes. You've already made your bed. You've already had him win the Royal Rumble. Triple H already made his choice. That's the worst possible thing that he could possibly do because now, if there's even a possibility of there being a triple threat match, Cody is dead in the water. If you give people the choice in that WrestleMania main event after what they did tonight, people are going to want to see Sammy. Oh, he'll win the championship at WrestleMania. And then you'll start having a groundswell. Against Cody Rhodes. They left the door wide open. But that was my big beef with what they did in the main event. It's not the fact that Roman Reigns went over. The right man went over. Roman Reigns should have won that match. I'll say it loud. I'll say it from the highest. I'll say it from the top row of the arena. Roman Reigns should have won that match tonight. That was the correct decision. The way they went about doing it, though, that I'm not so sure about. Other than that, I didn't have an issue with what they did. I thought it was a tremendous big fight feel in Montreal. It's always fun when you have a, an atmosphere like that. They had 15,000 plus in that building. The Canadian crowds are always great. I think they're going to be back in Canada again. I think they're in Ottawa uh, for Raw on Monday night. And Actually, uh, at the press conference, press conference, I saw a little bit of this press conference. It's kind of like the AEW ones, but anyway. I did see that Edge has said that he will accept Austin Theory's U.S. title open challenge on Raw Monday night, which is very interesting. Uh, And they're in Canada, so I'm sure there'll be a lot of support for Edge in the building on Monday night. Uh, We have a lot to get into here, so why don't we just uh, get on into it, because this is your WWE Elimination Chamber 2023 review, I... I'm the Solomonster, and I thank you for choosing me for your elimination chamber coverage. You know, for those of you who don't have a uh, a good enough read on what it looks like, <laughs> there's the WrestleMania sign. Now, don't yell at me for the fact that it's cut off. That's just my 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 fucking uh, wireless printer. I I have no control over that. Solomonster is going to uh, WrestleMan. I'm going to WrestleMan in Hollywood, everybody. But there it is. There's the WrestleMania sign that will be hanging, uh, not only tonight, I'm thinking I may just keep it there. I may just have that hanging until WrestleMania for the next 50-something days. See, we we spare no expense here on this podcast. The only thing I couldn't get was pyro because I don't want to burn the house down. Otherwise, I would have had some, like, uh, Gilberg sparklers back there, but couldn't do it. Couldn't find a safe way to do it. The show opened with the first of two. Elimination Chamber matches. This one to determine who would be challenging Bianca Belair at WrestleMania or WrestleMan for the Raw Women's Championship. Oh my god, Ray Ray just gifted twenty channel memberships after gifting ten during the SmackDown stream last night. We just got twenty new. Channel members, members of our little green world order here. Holy shit. Ray Ray. I don't know what I did to deserve it, but you all better be thanking Ray Ray for that. (laughs) You better be showing Ray Ray some love. Holy cow. I haven't even gotten into the first match yet. Incredible. So we had the first chamber match. Asuka, Carmella, Nikki Cross... Liv Morgan, Raquel Rodriguez, and Natalya. The rules are the same as they've always been for the Elimination Chamber. Two men, well, (laughs) two women in this case. Two women start with the other four in their pods. Uh, It's Elimination style until one woman is left standing in the very end. Asuka was out first to a superstar reaction, followed by Carmella, Raquel, and Nikki, which means that we started with Natty. And Liv Morgan kicking things off here in the chamber match. They traded the advantage a few times. It ended, though, with Natty sticking Liv's head through the chains. See, I don't think I would ever allow a spot like that. If they wanted me to stick my head through the... uh, the, Because I know my head would get stuck. I I just... I have a big head. And uh, that's what she said. But I just know I'd get stuck. So, uh, yeah, I would not agree to that. But... She stuck her head through the chains, and Liv was uh, trapped there for 30 seconds. Raquel was into the match next. Raquel had Natty up in a position for a Hangman Page Deadeye when she saw Liv Morgan coming at her, so she picked Liv up at the same time. Natty, though, managed to wiggle free, and she took Raquel backwards with a sunset flip into the chains. We got the 10-second countdown, and into the chamber match next was... Uh, Nikki Cross, who still had her jacket on. Uh, She had not yet taken her jacket off because she's out of her mind. So everybody ended up uh, down, except for Nikki, who gave Liv a slingshot into one of the support beams for one of the pods. Then she threw Natty into the chains and she beat up Raquel. So Nikki then climbs up onto the top of Carmella's pod. Carmella's still in her pod. She climbs up on top of Carmella's pod. And then she finally took her jacket off. And she wiped out Raquel, Natty, and Liv with a crossbody off the top of the pod. Everybody was down. And then we got entry number five into the chamber match, which was Carmella. Who of course, uh, Corey Graves went nuts for uh, Carmella. Boy, let me. The ultimate warrior. For those of you who don't know, every time we either have a new channel member. Or somebody is renewed for another month. The, look at the poor Ultimate Warrior. He, he's he pops up on screen. He is getting more of a workout in the first. I mean, how? In that Twenty minutes of this stream. This guy's gonna he's gonna drop dead here. I mean, well, I shouldn't say that, I guess, but yeah, he's getting quite the workout. I don't think the Warrior has ever worked this hard in his entire career. This poor guy. Unbelievable. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so, Nikki takes everybody out with a crossbody. Carmella comes in. She immediately covers Liv Morgan, who kicked out at two. Then she rushed back into her pod because she wanted to get away from Nikki. Raquel grabbed Nikki, drove her through the pod. Carmella got out of there just in time, so she didn't get squashed uh, inside the pod. Raquel rolled Nikki into the ring, and then she pinned her for the first elimination. So, Nikki Cross. He's still going. Look at this guy. <laughs> He's still. Go- this is all Ray Ray's fault. Look at this. Look at look at look at the sweat coming off this uh, this poor guy. So Nikki Cross is gone. There was a big spot here where Liv Morgan jumped off the top of Oscar's pod and took Raquel down with a huge sunset bomb. Carmella tried to steal the pin. Raquel though kicked out. Finally, it was Asuka's turn to get into the match, and the crowd chanted, Asuka's going to kill you. She went right after Carmella, because Carmella, for the entire match up to this point, Carmella was taunting Asuka in her pod. I don't know why you would do that. That doesn't seem very wise, and so she paid the price for it. Asuka got a version of the octopus stretch locked in, but Raquel was able to power out of it. Liv caught Asuka with a missile drop kick and got a close near fall. She tried for the oblivion to Natty. In mid-stride, as she was going for her finish, she ate a foot from Carmella, and that paved the way for Natty to put her in the sharpshooter. Liv was trying hard to fight out of it, but then Asuka came over. And at the same time Natty had her trapped in the sharpshooter, Asuka applied an armbar. And she was wrenching back on the arm. Liv would not give up. Liv would not surrender, and so she passed out. And the referee called for the stoppage. And so Liv Morgan, second woman eliminated here from the chamber match. So now we were down to four. Natty got the sharpshooter on Asuka. Carmella broke it up with a super kick and pinned Italia. So it was not lost on me that the super kick beat the sharpshooter in Montreal blasphemy Now on SmackDown last night I have to say, I have to mention this On SmackDown last night if you were part of our review Michael Cole referred to the Codebreaker on multiple occasions right two different times during the women's match last night He referred to Liv Morgan's Codebreaker as the Oblivion Tonight He referred to the Code Breaker as the Code Red. So I don't know what it is about this move that Michael Cole, you know, cannot compute. He just doesn't understand what a Code Breaker is all of a sudden. Uh, I don't know. He's got some kind of hang-up about this move. But uh, this is the second night in a row that he completely fucked up the call of that move. So now we were down to three. Carmella, Raquel, and Asuka. But that did not last long after Carmella and Asuka delivered multiple kicks to Raquel. They went for the double pin and they eliminated her. And by the way, that's one of the finishes that some people tried to pitch to me for the WrestleMania main event. God bless these people. I I know they mean well. And everybody has their ideas on what should and should not be done. I have my ideas. You have your ideas. Some ideas are simply not uh, meant to be pitched. And I hope nobody in WWE creative hears them. Because one of the ideas is that you do a triple threat match with Cody and Sammy and Roman, and they do a double pin. It's the finish from the pay-per-view, the breakdown uh, pay-per-view in 98, where Undertaker and Kane got the double pin on Stone Cold Steve Austin. Only here, the idea is that you do a double pin, and that's how you split the championship. I mean, some of these ideas are, I mean, they're so so whacked out. (laughs) I don't know... I mean, do people, do, you, do they think about these ideas as they're pitching them for this WrestleMania main event? I don't think they are. I don't think they are. I try, and I try to be nice, but I've heard some wild-ass pitches for the WrestleMania main event this year that, uh, thank God, uh, thank God Triple H is, he's too busy to be on Twitter soliciting ideas on what to do in the main event of WrestleMania. I can only hope. That uh, Triple H is busy enough and he's, he's not going to see some of these. And some of these ideas, actually some ideas that, that people have pitched me are actually not bad. Uh, I might not agree with them, but then there are some just whacked out ideas that uh, never in a million years would I suggest that for the WrestleMania main event. But the double pin made me think of that because I've heard a lot about double pins this week. I've heard a lot about beating Roman on night one with one belt. And beating Roman on night two with another belt, you do realize that beating Roman on night one would completely fucking kill the story of night two. But again, people don't necessarily think about these things. Anyway, we'll we'll get into that stuff a little bit later on. So we got the double pin, and uh, that was the end of Raquel. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one of a kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Carmella then super kicked Asuka and tried to steal the win, but Asuka kicked out, and Asuka got the armbar applied, and Carmella had no place to go, and so Carmella tapped out. And that means that it will be Asuka, the murder clown, challenging Bianca Belair, or I guess whoever the Raw Women's Champion is, uh, which will be Bianca Belair, who will hit her one-year anniversary at WrestleMania. In fact, as the Raw Women's Champion, that is the championship match uh, they really picked up the pace, I thought, in the last few minutes of this match. Not that the uh, early part was bad, uh, but the pace picked up a lot in those last three or four minutes. Um, I I enjoyed this match. I actually thought it was a very good chamber match. Not, not a chamber match that's going to end up on, you know, a top five or a top ten or anything like that out of all the chamber matches that there have been. Uh, but I enjoyed it, and I, it was the correct outcome. The right person went over. At the end of this match. Asuka Asuka was the only choice here. So now we look forward to. There we go. WrestleMania. And of the two women's championship matches that we have. We know Charlotte Flair is defending her SmackDown women's title against Rhea Ripley. Now we know that Bianca Belair is going to defend against Asuka. Of the two women's championship matches of WrestleMania. The one that is most vulnerable. I believe. To turning into a multi-person match is the Raw Women's Championship match. Charlotte and Rhea is not being disrupted in any way. And it's probably headlining night one of WrestleMania. But there is a question on Raw of what you do with Becky Lynch and what you do with Bailey. There's no obvious spot for them on the WrestleMania card. So I, I think there's still a chance that this match may not end up being one-on-one. It could end up being a fatal four-way. Now you know, the idea that I've talked about on the show and it was rumored for Elimination Chamber and then it didn't happen, is you do a tag team match as a special attraction. You do Becky Lynch, Lita, right, who saved her on television a few weeks ago, and you bring in Trish Stratus and you do a six-person tag against all three members of Damage Control. That would be a perfectly fine attraction, I think, for one of the two nights of WrestleMania. But there are increasing, or there is increasing chatter about there being a women's tag team title match at WrestleMania, where Dakota and Io will defend against Ronda and Shayna. If that happens, then I know there's two nights, but if that happens, there's no six-person tag. So that's the only thing. If, if let's say, this match doesn't happen, what do you do with Becky and Bailey? you do another singles match? I mean, you could do a stipulation match with Becky and Bailey and keep a one-on-one, but Becky Lynch has been involved in a championship match at every single WrestleMania that she has been a part of since she became the man. She's always been involved in a title match. So I would not count out the possibility that she will find her way into this Raw Women's Championship match. I don't think she's needed. I don't think Bayley is needed. I think Bianca and Asuka is fine. Charlotte and Rhea is the big women's title match this year. It's bigger than Bianca and Asuka. But Bianca and Asuka on their own, one-on-one, I think is perfectly fine as a WrestleMania match. I will say this about Bailey though. She was on The Bump. It was either last week or I think two weeks ago. She was on that WWE show, The Bump. And uh, she said that she wants Michael Cole at WrestleMania. She said that Michael Cole is constantly reminding her backstage that he is undefeated at WrestleMania. And so Bailey says that she wouldn't mind having a WrestleMania match this year uh, against Michael Cole. I do not ever need to see Michael Cole again In his orange singlet. With his terrible tattoos. So I hope that uh, that match does not get wished into existence. Then we had Canada's own. Brock Lesnar. He's been hanging out in Canada for years now. Brock Lesnar against Bobby. Bobby Lashley. This is the first time I can ever remember Brock Lesnar going on second. At a pay-per-view. Find me another pay-per-view where Brock Lesnar has gone on second from the top. Chris Jericho found out that he and Kevin Owens were going on second from the top at WrestleMania 33, and he left the company, and he never went back. <laughs> well, maybe he did. For, I think maybe for a Saudi Arabia show. But, uh, yeah, I was, trying, I was thinking, has Brock ever... We've seen Brock in the opener. We've seen Brock in the main event. We've seen Brock in the middle. I don't think Brock's ever been in the second match from the top. So uh, that was a first. This was their third singles meeting. They came in tied up at one win apiece. Lashley, though, also did eliminate him from the Royal Rumble. So Lashley did have a leg up on him coming into the uh, match tonight. It was a Brock Lesnar match. That's one of the ways I would describe this match. It was a Brock Lesnar match. It was It's like playing a video game where both players immediately try to mash the buttons and hit their finishes on their opponent. In the first 90 seconds of the match. you know Brock Lesnar has a formula for his matches that he has perfected. And that's what we got here from these two. Uh, right from the bell, Lesnar went to work. He dumped Lashley right on his head uh, with an overhead suplex. Then he clotheslined Bobby out of the ring to the floor, followed him outside. He put him back inside, but Bobby caught him with a spear when Brock got back into the ring. And he got a two count only. Lashley, though, connected with a second spear. Loud boos because Lashley is is firmly a heel now. And he was setting up for the hurt lock. So he was stalking Brock, creeping up behind him, setting up for the uh, hurt lock. Brock blocked it, and he got Bobby up to deliver the F5. Lashley, though, kicked out at two. Brock got a second F5. And again, Lashley kicked out. Brock tried again. Bobby, though, slipped out, hit a third spear. So, again, finish, 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 finish. Uh, This time, though, after the spear, he got the hurt lock applied. He was able to lock the fingers. He got the hold applied. Brock tried to break out of it, and he did. And how did Brock Lesnar break out of this hold, you might ask? With a low blow. Brock Lesnar did what The Undertaker did to him. At SummerSlam back in 2015, he kicked him in the dick. Only this time, Brock lifted his leg behind him. So he low-blowed Bobby Lashley. And referee Chad Patton saw this and felt he had no choice but to call for the disqualification. And it got the expected reaction that you would think. It got groans, it got boos, it got chants of bullshit from the crowd here in Montreal. Brock didn't like that either, and I'm sure Triple H knew exactly what reaction this would get, so within a matter of seconds, Brock got up, he picked the referee up over his head, and he gave the referee an F5, and then he gave Bobby Lashley another F5. Corey Graves talked on commentary about how we've never seen Brock Lesnar so desperate before that the only way he felt he could win and get out of the situation was to cheat and deliver a low blow to his opponent. That's the story they were telling on commentary. Brock rolled Lashley to the floor. He delivered one final F5 through the announce table, which got holy shit chants. I thought they were chanting bullshit at first. They were chanting holy shit. got holy shit chants. But Brock wasn't done. He dragged Chad Patton out of the ring to the floor. He gave the referee another F5 on all of the announce table debris. So they got the crowd back after the awful finish uh, by having Brock go crazy with F5s and by giving the referee an F5. Uh, It was still a very lame finish. It was a lame finish. There's there's no defending the finish. It was a lame finish. Uh, I was not expecting a clean winner. You guys know. In my predictions, I even said, I wasn't expecting any winner in this match. I thought that they would have a draw, a double DQ. You know, these guys would just, they would go nuts. They would start beating up referees, they'd fight into the crowd, like it would they would go nuts. And we would get no decisive winner. And they would go on to WrestleMania with a stipulation. So we we must have a winner. And they would decide the feud at WrestleMania. They would pay it off finally once and for all at WrestleMania. So it's not as if I was coming into this match expecting there to be a clean winner. I, I really wasn't. Uh but this just this just came off as so incredibly Lame. Lame is just the word I keep coming back to uh, for what they did here. You know, Bray Wyatt on SmackDown last night, he issued a warning to the winner of this match. Whether it's Brock Lesnar or whether it's Bobby Lashley, Bray put them on notice and he's told them to run. Right, He didn't say anything about, you know, I'm going to challenge you at WrestleMania, but you could tell they were planning the the idea that he would challenge the winner of this match to a match at WrestleMania, right? This just happened 24 hours ago on SmackDown. And so based on what happened here, Bobby Lashley got the win. It was a cheap win, but a win is a win. Bobby Lashley wins, so right now, the direction looks to be Bray Wyatt and Bobby Lashley. One-on-one at WrestleMania. Am I expecting Bray Wyatt and Bobby Lashley one-on-one at WrestleMania? No, I am not. Of the two... The one that I could see being the match would actually be Brock and Bray, uh, not Brock or not uh, Bray and Bobby. Uh, But as things currently stand, I guess that's the way it would be. It would still be very easy for them to do a triple threat match. And I said last night, if the plan was to do Brock Lesnar and Bray Wyatt one-on-one, I think that's a terrible idea. Terrible! I just don't think those two would mesh well together. Types of matches that Brock has these days, the way you know Bray wrestles, I I think it would be a clash of styles. I don't think that they would mesh well. I think it would be a terrible match. If you add Bobby Lashley in there and you have a, a triple threat match, that could be interesting. So I still think there's a uh, better than decent chance they end up doing a three way. Uh, I think yeah Bray Wyatt he's going to end up pulling a Tommy Dreamer. That's what Bray Wyatt will end up doing. He's going to pull a Tommy Dreamer and ECW and go, I'm hardcore, I'll take both of them. And we'll probably end up doing a triple threat. There is another possibility, though. If Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley can somehow get on the same page, uh, which seems very unlikely. But if they can get on the same page, maybe, maybe WWE is thinking a tag team match. Maybe they're thinking Brock and Bobby as partners. Which, I mean, looking at this finish, I don't see how that's even possible. Uh, But I just throw that out there as a possibility. Brock and Bobby as partners against Bray Wyatt and Uncle Howdy. Who apparently now are best friends. The way they were working together on SmackDown Friday night, Uncle Howdy and Bray Wyatt, they're like uh, the best of buds now. Uh, But I still think a triple threat is probably the way they're going. Look, here's the deal. On my, on my show for many years, one of the matches, one of the kind of fantasy matches that we never got to see, that I would always mention, not always, but I, I, would, I would mention it here and there, that I really wanted to see one day, was Brock Lesnar against Bobby Lashley. It just felt like WWE intentionally avoided doing that match, or maybe Brock just didn't want to do the match for many years. Their paths never crossed. Right, And there's a lot of similarities between the two of them. They obviously have, they're very decorated as far as an amateur background, amateur wrestling is concerned. They have backgrounds in uh, mixed martial arts. Brock was in the UFC. Bobby had a nice little career for himself doing Bellator and stuff like that. And so they never crossed paths. And then finally, we got the match at the Royal Rumble last year. I was all excited. First ever Brock Lesnar-Bobby Lashley match. And I enjoyed it, but it was also a little disappointing. And then we had a second match. This was the third match. And I get that these two guys are older now. I understand that. Brock Lesnar's 45 years old. Bobby Lashley is 46. He don't look 46. He doesn't look 46 any more than R-Truth looks 50 or 51 or whatever he is. Uh, and these guys are in incredible shape for, for guys who are in their mid-40s. But I get it. They've been doing this a long time and they're older and maybe that factors into things here as far as You know, them not wanting to do certain things that maybe they would have done earlier in their career. Um, But it's a fucking shame that as great as Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley are as wrestlers with their amateur backgrounds, they're very accomplished wrestlers, I think it is a fucking shame that they offer no variety in any of their matches. Every single one of their matches has been exactly the same. And with Brock, he just does not deviate from his formula. And I understand the formula works for him. That's great. But it would be nice in a situation like this with an opponent like this, if they would deviate from the script a little bit and just inject a little bit of variety into these matches and actually tap into some of their skills you know, from from their younger years and incorporate a little more wrestling, a little more map-based stuff in there in addition to the explosive stuff. You can do the suplexes and the Germans and all the usual shit that you do, and you can spam your finishers at the end, but it's the same fucking shit every single time. And it's just the shit. It's very clear even if they wrestle again, it's not going to be any different. It's going to be the same exact kind of match. And uh, I just think that's incredibly disappointing. And you can add Bray Wyatt if you want to. Again, it looks like that's the direction they're going in. Uh, They may do a triple threat. but. Adding Bray Wyatt is not going to make the match any any different. It's just going to be more of the same. And I just think that's really, really disappointing. One thing that's not disappointing uh, that I was very happy to see, the WrestleMania movie parodies are back. Uh, We started, this was the first one. They aired the first uh, movie parody tonight, uh, which was Seth Rollins as the Joker uh, from the movie Joker. And Becky Lynch was playing Batman without the mask. She didn't have the Batman mask on. Uh, they did the whole reenactment with Rollins of from the scene from Joker of dancing on the staircase. And then Becky comes and pulls him in, and she is asking him questions. In the terrible uh, Christian Bale Batman voice. Now, I love The Dark Knight, Really, all three of those movies were were very good. The Dark Knight, though, is is my favorite of the three. Um, Christian Bale was not a bad Batman. Christian Bale, though, had the worst of all the Batman voices. I don't know what I don't know what he was going for. I don't know what Nolan was going for. I I've always it's just <laughs> I hear the I hear his voice in those movies, and it's like comedy to me. And those movies are not meant to be comedy. So it was funny to have her, uh, you know, making fun of the uh, Christian Bale Batman voice because. I used to make fun of it all the time. He just sounds like he is chronically constipated. Anytime I would hear him speak or scream, you know, where is she? He's just chronically constipated. That's kind of what it sounds like. You know what he needs? He needs more Cinnamon Toast Crunch in his diet. That's what I think he needs. Remember, we're going to be getting a Cinnamon Toast Crunch match at WrestleMania. We just don't know which match it's going to be. So anyway, the uh, skit ended with Becky putting on her sunglasses and calling herself the man uh, before leaving. Not the funniest skit that I've seen, but I'm just glad they're doing them. I'm glad that they're uh, actually rolling out some fresh ones. I'm looking forward to uh, seeing what else they have. I know they did some stuff with, uh, I think, who did they say? Uh, I thought I saw the Street Profits mentioned. Uh, I have the list. I don't have it in front of me, but. Yeah, I've been looking forward to this ever since they announced WrestleMania was coming back to Hollywood. I was hoping they would do these again, so very cool. Very cool to see. Keaton is coming back. You know, I did see, I saw Keaton in the flash trailer, so that was very cool. Uh because Keaton is still Keaton is still my favorite Batman. So, uh, I know he's I know he's older now, but that was very cool to see him. Now, let's get to this. They showed Ariel Helwani in the crowd with UFC Hall of Famer George St. Pierre. Now, we saw Ariel on SmackDown last night. You know, he's from Montreal. They had him as their cor- their roving correspondent in the crowd with all the crazy Canadians yelling and screaming around him. And so he was back tonight. He was in the crowd with St. Pierre. And Michael Cole referred to Ariel as the unbiased Ariel Helwani who asks all the hard questions, whether you want to answer them or not. (laughs) I was like, holy shit. Oh, boy. The Tony Khan shade is real. I was waiting for the Twitter rant, but he was able to resist. I kept kept checking Tony Khan's Twitter to see. Is he going to be able to control himself? He didn't post. I don't think he posted anything. Uh, If you missed it, because I know not everybody saw SmackDown last night. Tony Khan last night, when he saw Ariel Helwani on SmackDown, he tweeted at Ariel, in the middle of SmackDown, he tweeted at Ariel, and he called him a fraud. And he said, you're about as much of a reporter as Tony Tony Schiavone, and he tagged Tony Schiavone. I'm wondering, like, how did Tony Schiavone get dragged into this? (laughs) Unless it's like an inside joke. You know, maybe he and Tony needle each other. I don't know what their relationship is, but, you know, he's the boss, and Tony is the employee. And he's dragging poor Tony Schiavone into this. Tony didn't do anything wrong. So anyway, when Ariel saw the tweet later on, he responded uh, back to Tony Khan. And, you know, he was very cordial at first. He goes, oh, nice to hear from you, old friend. I hope we get the chance to chat soon. And uh, he put over Tony Shavani. He was like, ah, don't worry about, you know, what he said. And he referred to Tony Khan as the snowman, which at first, I you know, completely went over my head. And then uh, I started to move on in the stream. And I said, wait a minute, He, he just calling the snowman. I said, that's fucking priceless. So uh, t- now I thought at first Tony Khan was just having some fun. But it was very clear when he responded back to Ariel, he was not having fun. He was legitimately upset. And uh, he responded back and said, good luck with the unbiased uh, journalism. So this became a thing last night. So tonight, you know, WWE decided to have a little bit of fun at Tony Khan's expense. Look, he set himself up for it by even tweeting that in the first place. Fair game. Uh, I think it was very uh, dumb of him to uh, jump on Twitter and make a whole big thing out of this again. But uh, I'll talk more about this tomorrow on the podcast. Because this all goes back to the interview in October. Which I, I covered at length at that time. But it just all goes back to the interview that Ariel did with Tony Khan back in October. And uh, neither one of these guys came out looking good in that situation. But uh, I got a kick out of that tonight. Because look, if Tony Khan's going to go on Twitter and he's going to be tweeting away about this and he's going to be, you know, insulting Ariel Helwani, then hey, fair game, you know? So that was an interesting little burn there from uh, Michael Cole. Of course, Michael Cole didn't come up with it. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure it came from the top.
2: Learn more at Marines.com.
1: So we had Edge and Beth Phoenix up next, taking on members of the Judgment Day, Finn Balor and Rhea Ripley, who, as I mentioned, Rhea has already punched her ticket to WrestleMania. It's already a done deal. Uh, Let me pause here, though, for a moment and just thank all of you who are with me uh, right now, all uh, 2,600 of you. Uh, who are tuned into the Elimination Chamber stream. I thank you. If you are uh, just coming on in, hit that subscribe button. Hit the like button. The likes goal tonight was 600. I don't know where we're at, so I will rely on you to uh, brief me and give me checks on where we are with the likes in the uh, live chat. But it does help out the video when you like the video. Gets us into the recommended. It's going to be a lot of people looking for Elimination Chamber coverage tonight, so uh, that's the... Easiest way that you can support and help out the stream. So I thank you. So we had Edge and Beth. They were double teaming on Finn Balor early in this match. They did the old Hardy Boys Poetry in Motion. Rhea then tagged in, and we got our first official showdown in the ring between Rhea Ripley and Beth Phoenix. The fans chanted, Fuck you, Dominic. Dominic was in their corner. Uh thankfully this aired on Peacock. And this did not air on Fox. Had this aired on Fox, my screen would have been black for 30 seconds. Beth went up top for a move. Dominic, though, interfered and uh, she crotched herself. So Edge went after the uh, ex-convict. And Dominic ran for the hills like he was being chased by the Canadian Mounties. He ran to the back. The crowd sang the na-na-na, hey-hey, goodbye song. And 30 seconds later, Dominic came back out. Showered in booze. This kid is a heat magnet. I say it every week. This kid's a heat magnet. He doesn't even have to. He doesn't have to do anything. Just him being there, and uh, the people. I mean, they boo. They boo so loudly you can barely hear the announcer. Sometimes we got more loud chants of "Fuck you, Dominic." Beth tried to uh, make the hot tag to Edge. The heels though stopped her. She did finally get a superplex on Rhea to a huge reaction. And Balor again dragged Beth to the center of the ring so she couldn't make the tag. But then Beth kicked Rhea away into Balor. And that was her opening to tag in Edge, who ran wild. He got Finn in his educator submission. It's hard to keep track of all these Edge moves, right? You got the education. Now we have the educator. How many fucking moves with the word edge does he have in there? Yeah, the educator it's almost like a reverse uh sharpshooter. <clears throat> so he got the educator on. Beth then speared Rhea when Rhea tried to come in to break up the hold. And then she put it Rhea in the educator. So we had stereo submissions. Dominic distracted the referee. In the middle of all of this uh you know, chaos that was going on here, he managed to toss Rhea a pair of brass knucks, which the referee did not see. And behind the referee's back As Edge has this submission hold applied, Rhea clobbered him with the brass knucks. Balor had the match won. Covered Edge, had the match won, and they botched the spot. Beth was supposed to make the save, but she was late. Don't you just hate it when they're late? Anyway, uh, so Beth was late, and so Edge was forced to get the shoulder up, but even Edge getting his shoulder up, the referee had to really. Hold the count, and uh, it just did not look good. I mean, clearly, uh, look, it was a blown spot. It cooled the crowd off for for a couple minutes there uh, because it was obvious what happened. Excuse me. It was obvious what happened. It sucked, but what are you going to do? You know, she missed the cue. She was late on the call. They did a Tower of Doom spot out of the corner. It wasn't really a proper uh, Tower of Doom so much as uh, both women got under the men. Rhea powerbombed Edge. And Beth powerbomb Balor outside the ring. Rhea had Beth, and uh, she had Dominic move the ring steps out a little bit. He handed a chair to Rhea, and Rhea teased giving Beth Phoenix a concerto on the ring steps. She, she was going to do to Beth what she did to her basically in the ring back at Extreme Rules back in October. Uh, this time, though, Beth moved out of the way. And she got Rhea up for the Slam, not on the steps, but on the floor. In the ring, Edge hit the Execution DDT, and then he hit a suicide dive out onto Dominic on the floor. And they got the crowd back into it. I said the crowd kind of died down a little bit after the botch spot, but they got the crowd back into it. Inside, Balor caught Edge with a sling blade. He was setting up for the big shotgun dropkick, but Edge caught him with a spear. And then Edge and Beth caught Balor with the... FTR Shatter Machine, which uh, Michael Cole referred to by that. Not, not the, he didn't call it the FTR Shatter Machine, but uh, he did refer to it as the Shatter Machine or the uh, the Big Rig, as it is these days. Edge is good friends with Dax and Cash, so uh, I thought that was a cool little nod to them. Not only that he used their move, but won the match with it. So I thought that was very cool. Uh, this was fun. You know, the one bad spot aside, this was fun. And I thought that Beth looked really good in there for somebody who has not actively been doing this for years, right? We've seen her make cameos in the Royal Rumble and stuff, but Beth Phoenix has been retired for, I mean, it's been probably over a decade at this point. Uh, so she looked she looked great, I thought, and um, I would not have had the judgment they lose this match. I would not have beaten Finn and Rhea. At least they did not beat Rhea. It was Finn Balor who uh, ate the losing fall. Beating Rhea, you know, before her big championship match with Charlotte would have been incredibly stupid. So um, I at least agree with that. You know, Edge pinning Balor, you would think, would be the end of the feud, right? He and Beth both got their revenge. They embarrassed the Judgment Day. They pinned them. And you would think that it's over. Uh, But when the match was over, the camera was on Balor in the aisle, and he was mouthing off, talking about how this, you know, uh, I'm not done with you. This is not over yet. Uh, This felt like the blow-off, but it sounds to me like those rumors of a Hell in a Cell match between Edge and Balor are probably true. And that's probably where we're headed for WrestleMania. And if that's the case, then Finn Balor has to win. Finn Balor got pinned here. If that wasn't the blow-off and they're going to drag this out and do another match at WrestleMania, Finn Balor has to win that match. It makes no sense. You're going to have Edge go and beat him again? What purpose does that serve? That would be very, very stupid. There's no way they take this all the way to WrestleMania after this and have Edge go over. So that's that's the one good thing I guess they could be setting up for a big Finn Balor win. Maybe he goes back to being the demon. Yeah, the demon stuff. I know everybody kind of marks out for the demon. I you know again the demon died against Roman Reigns. So if they d I know it's been a few years now, but the demon is fucking dead. If they want to dust off the demon for WrestleMania. I know everybody will fucking jizz themselves and they'll go crazy for the demon, but I'm sorry. The demon is dead. There's no resurrecting the demon. But uh, this was fun. We then had our second Elimination Chamber match. This one for the United States Championship with Austin Theory defending against Seth Franklin Rollins. Johnny Gargano, Damian Priest, Bronson Reed, and Montez Ford. The champion was the first one down to the ring into one of the pods, Montez Ford was second, Bronson Reed was third, then we had Damian Priest, which left Johnny Gargano and Seth Rollins to open the Elimination Chamber match. Uh, That is going to be a fantastic singles match one day. What they gave us here was a small sample of, uh, of that, I thought. Ended with Gargano hitting a spear through the ropes, which took Rollins down on the padded platform outside. The next man in was Austin Theory, and uh, there was a spot here where Theory, he tried to get into the good graces of Johnny Gargano. There's a relationship there going back to their days together in NXT, the, the Way, remember the whole the, the Way faction. It was Johnny and Candice, Theory, and Indy Hartwell were their kids, so he was trying to get back into the good graces of Johnny Gargano and buddy up to him, and uh, that didn't work. Theory then tried to lock himself back in his pod, but Rollins and Gargano ended up inside the pod with him, and they beat him up. Damian Priest was in next. He uh, dropped Rollins with a kill switch for a near fall. Priest then hit his step-up dive over the rope onto Theory, who was laying on the padding outside. Rollins cut Priest off with a superplex into a falcon arrow for two. That brought Bronson Reed... All 330 pounds is what Michael Cole claimed. 330 pounds of Bronson Reed into the chamber, and the big man went to work. He took down Rollins and Gargano. Then he got both men on his shoulders. He marched around the ring with them, and he executed a double-stack Samoan drop, which Michael Cole referred to as a fallaway slam. Uh, he covered Rollins. Seth, though, kicked out. Reed got priest, and he gave him. He, I wrote, Reed got a priest here, which is kind of funny. That's what you do in an elimination chamber match, right? You gotta, you just grab a priest. Yeah, if that's that's who's around. What are you gonna do? So Reed got priest, and he gave him a German suplex backwards into the chains. Then he squashed priest up against one of the pods. Shockingly, the glass did not break in the opening chamber with the women. Ah uh, Raquel, if you remember, they did the spot where Raquel uh, had Nikki, Nikki Cross, and she did this running charge, and she put her through the, uh, I, I guess you would call it glass. It's not real, really glass, but uh, put her through one of the pods because the pod here, the pod glass didn't break. The crowd was giving Reed shit for it, so he just kind of went like up yours <laughs> to the crowd. They were, they were, they were giving it to him though. So he went up to the top rope and uh, hit a shoulder block to Theory off the top. Still no eliminations at this point, and we had yet to get Montez Ford into the match. Montez Ford finally gets in. He took down Bronson Reed. He went to work on Austin Theory. He was a ball of energy because he was this entire time he was just standing there stuck in the pod, you know, he's just waiting for his turn. He teased doing his own version of the People's Elbow and then realized he had no elbow pad. And uh, he went for the People's Elbow. When he came off the ropes, though, Bronson Reed knocked him down. Theory slowly got Reed up onto his shoulders. And it was a very impressive feat because he did, he was able to stand up. Bronson Reed is no small man. And so he stood up with Bronson Reed on his shoulders. But I, I was I was holding my breath the entire time. You know, we just got Rick Boogs back on Raw. Uh, he was on SmackDown previously. He was gone for almost a year. He was at WrestleMania last year. He had both Usos on his shoulders. And he tried to stand up with both Usos on his shoulders, and his knee just completely buckled on him. And... When I see, I see this, he's trying to pick Bronson Reed up, and he's you know, moving very slowly. I'm just thinking, I'm seeing WrestleMania. I'm seeing a match with John Cena slipping away if the slightest thing goes wrong. So, I don't know. I had Rick Boogs on, on my uh, mind just because he came back recently from an injury very similar to that. Uh, but he got him up, and it was very impressive. But uh, Reed slipped out. There was a uh, hell of a spot here where Seth Rollins came off the top with a doomsday device to Johnny Gargano, who was on Bronson Reed's shoulders. And when Rollins came off, Gargano fell backwards, and he took Reed over with a Poison Rana. That's a big man to be taking a Poison Rana, and he got spiked right on his head. Ford then tried to pin Reed. Reed, though, still kicked out. Montez then scaled the side of the cage, and he looked up. Obviously, the top roof of the elimination chamber is made of chain as well. So he was hanging from the roof, and then he maneuvered himself in such a way where he was hanging upside down. He was kind of crouched and upside down. He looked like Spider-Man. And he hung there for maybe two or three seconds. It wasn't very long. And then he let go, and he wiped out all of the other participants down below. So all five other men were all crowded around down below him, and he just let go. And he wiped them all out. That was that was the big holy shit spot of the entire match. So then we had in the ring triple super kicks to Bronson Reed, followed by the one final beat DDT by Johnny Gargano. Reed then ate a curb stop from Seth Rollins, and finally a huge frog splash by Montez Ford. And Bronson Reed became the first man eliminated from the chamber match. Now. I picked Austin Theory to win. That was my prediction, but I wanted Bronson Reed to win, not Austin Theory. And so to see him go out first, that's like very deflating for me. I said, of all the people in this fucking match, you eliminate him first. But I will say the way that they did it, uh, I'm totally fine with um it took three finishes to get him out of that match. You can't protect the guy any more than that. If he's not gonna win, he has to lose, right? There's no other way in an elimination chamber match, if you're not winning, It's an elimination match, so you're going to have to get beat. We haven't seen him get beat before tonight on WWE television, but if you're going to get beat, that's the way to get beat. That's how you protect the guy, right? It took Gargano's DDT and a curb stomp and the Montez Ford frog splash, and before that, it took triple super kicks to finally put this big guy down. So I thought they did the best job they could in protecting him uh, I thought that he himself had a very good debut uh performance for his first elimination chamber. He was a monster in there that's exactly how you book a guy like bronson reed i i've I've been impressed by him since he uh came up to the main roster and if they take their time slowly building him, they could have a real monster player on their hands he's already like his big power spots are already getting over the tsunami splash right is uh is already getting over. You guys know how I feel about
2: that's- Splash!
1: I love the Tsunami Splash! It's my favorite move! I love it. So anyway, Bronson Reed had a great showing here in this match. Rollins and Gargano, they ended up on the top of one of the pods. And they were sitting next to each other. And they're just kind of chilling out up there. And they're looking at each other and they're kind of, you know, showing respect to each other. Rollins then chops him. And so they start throwing right hands. Seth then slammed the back of Gargano's head into the glass over and over and over again, right? Trying to concuss this guy. So then he gets Gargano up in a powerbomb position. And he goes to powerbomb him off the top of the pod, but Gargano uh, reverses it into a hurricane rana off the top of the pod. And that sends Seth Rollins onto Ford in theory down below. So now we're back to the Priest. Now we're back to Damian Priest. Back to his feet, and Gargano used the cage wall to deliver a Tornado DDT to him on the padded platform outside. Then he got back into the ring, and he hit a Springboard DDT on Austin Theory on the padding on the other side of the ring. But his luck ran out when Damian Priest got him up for the Razor's Edge, dropped him, and pinned him, so... That was the end of Johnny Wrestling. Hey everybody, say hello to Perk Angle on screen. Hey D E H Sires, thank you for this 4.99 super chat. So he beat him with the razor's edge. I like that. I like that Gargano did not kick out of the razor's edge. I don't ever remember seeing Scott Hall using the razor's edge, at least in WWE. I can't speak to every match he had in WCW, but even in WCW as well, I don't ever remember anybody kicking out of the razor's edge. It's just one of those moves that was always, um, protected. And if anybody ever did kick out of it, there probably was some kind of a delay. I'm talking about him hitting the move and going to, uh, pin his opponent. Nobody ever kicked out of the razor's edge. And so I like the fact that if priest is going to use the move and he's going to hit it, he beats people with it. I like that. So that was the end of Johnny Gargano. Nobody should kick out of that move. Priest got a hold of Montez Ford, who was up on the ropes. He grabbed, he goozled him. He grabbed him by the throat. Until Seth Rollins got underneath Damian Priest, which allowed Ford to hit Priest with a top rope blockbuster, which is a Street Profits move. Uh, that's a move they do in uh, most of their matches. And he won with it here. Uh, Ford covered Priest, pinned him, and that was the next elimination. And so that left us with three. We were down to the final three. Seth Rollins, Montez Ford, and Austin Theory. Ford wiped out Theory with a dive on one side. He wiped out Seth Rollins with a dive on the other side. He got both uh, men together on one side of the ring, did another dive, wiped them both out at the same time. He was a diving fool here in this match. Ford planted Theory with a rock bottom and then headed up to the top rope from the heavens with the big frog splash button. Theory got the knees up. Rollins then caught Montez Ford with a curb stomp. Theory shoved Rollins off into the chains, dragged Ford back to the center of the ring, and he pinned Montez Ford. He stole the pin on Montez Ford, so he was gone. And that left us with Seth Rollins and Austin Theory. Rollins hit a Liger bomb for a close near fall. And at this point, the referee called for help for Montez Ford because Montez Ford was still laying on on the floor. You know he's kind of wide-eyed. He's just laying there, and the referee is calling for some help. They open the cage door, so they can let the other officials come in and some trainers to to tend to Montez Ford. And you know, at first I said, "Oh shit, I hope he's not hurt." When they open the door, I said, "Where's Logan Paul?" First thought: I'm looking around. Where's Logan Paul going to come from? How's he going to get inside the cage? Because now the door's wide open right? Seth Rollins has not shut up all week about Logan Paul. So you knew once the door opened, you could see where this finish was going. But Montez Ford, to his credit, he was doing a hell of a job of, of selling this, as if he really was not loopy here. So they're checking on him. Meanwhile, uh, Seth tried for the stomp, Theory avoided it, but Rollins got the pedigree. And sure enough, Seth Rollins is setting up for the curb stomp to Austin Theory. Logan Paul runs into the cage. He hits a buckshot lariat to Seth Rollins. And then he delivered his own curb stomp to Rollins and he left the cage. And that left Theory all alone with Seth Rollins. He hit his A town down finish and he pins Seth Rollins to retain the United States championship. And so somehow, way. Austin Theory finds a way to overcome five other men and walks out of the Elimination Chamber still with his United States Championship. The uh, the one true eagle left, the one true eagle belt left in uh, WWE is still in the possession of Austin Theory. And so it looks like he'll be defending the United States Championship most likely against, I guess, one of the greatest U.S. champions of all time, Right, certainly in WWE history. In John Cena at WrestleMania. Uh, I don't think the match needs it. But uh, I guess they wanted to put Theory over strong heading into WrestleMania. And I guess that's one way to do it. You have the guy win the Elimination Chamber. Remember what Austin Theory was doing in the Elimination Chamber last year. He was getting F5 off the top of one of the pods by Brock Lesnar. So uh, he's come a long way in one year's time. But the place, look, the place was rocking for this match. And deservedly so, I thought this was an excellent match. One of the best chamber matches they've done in years. I thought it blew away the women's match at the beginning of the show. And I enjoyed the women's match. I didn't think the women's match was really bad. I thought the women's match was actually very good. And this blew that away. Uh, Everybody, I thought, had a chance to shine here, including the new guys who had never been in the chamber before which I think was most of them. I think out of the six, I think four of them had never been in a chamber before. Uh, Montez Ford, his first time. uh, Johnny Gargano, Bronson Reed. Um, Montez Ford had a career performance here. You know, For him, in a singles capacity, this really was a breakout night for him. And it was just a small sample, I think, of what's to come. This was just a taste of what's to come for Montez Ford later on this year. I think he's going to be involved in the men's money in the bank match. Uh, I don't think he'll win. I would like to see, and and, I mean, if I had to make an early prediction, it would be L.A. Knight, uh, and I don't know what the hell they're going to do with him going into WrestleMania, but I think that we'll see him in Money in the Bank, I think, a little bit more and a little bit more as the months go on. Uh, And they don't even necessarily have to split the street profits, you know, at least not right away. We're going to start to see more of this, and uh, Montez Ford, I thought, had a very standout night tonight. The other thing I liked also, Logan Paul. I know some people are going to hate the finish. Oh, Logan Paul gets involved. I thought Logan Paul did fine. You know, he hit the buckshot. As we've seen from other people who have tried the move, it's not an easy move to do. Uh, But he did fine. But here's the thing I like about the Logan Paul thing. It's very clear that they finally realize Logan Paul, they realize what we already knew. Logan Paul is a heel. Logan Paul is a heel. Logan Paul is going to be a heel going into WrestleMania. That is the correct decision. Babyface Seth Rollins against heel Logan Paul. And Rollins and Logan Paul, I think they complement each other very well. I think their styles, I think they're going to mesh. I talked earlier, I think how Brock Lesnar and Bray Wyatt would not mesh well. I think it would be a terrible match. I feel the exact opposite about Seth Rollins and Logan Paul. That's why previously, months ago, when there were rumors about John Cena against Stone Cold Steve Austin. Remember when those rumors were popping up? I was talking about Austin. I was talking about Logan Paul cuz Logan Paul wanted a match with John Cena. He even texted Triple H about it and said, "You want to break the internet again? Let's do the match." And I said, you know, yeah, that that could work, but I would rather see Logan Paul in the ring with either Randy Orton or Seth Rollins cuz I think both of them would be good opponents for him. Well, Randy Orton's been hurt. And we're getting Seth Rollins and Logan Paul. So I think it's actually going to be a great match at WrestleMania, but at least they realize finally this guy is a heel. That's the right position for him to be in
0: That's ChumbaCasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. BGW for We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And now we wait and see how they set up Austin Theory and John Cena uh, for WrestleMania. Cena is in Australia filming a movie. I don't know that he has any downtime. Uh, but he is going to be in Australia, I believe, through the very end of this month. Now, supposedly, he and Theory recorded some kind of backstage segment together when Cena worked the SmackDown show in Tampa at the end of December. I think Theory was actually supposed to headline a Raw show, uh, a house show somewhere that night, and they pulled him at the last minute. They rushed him into Tampa. So there's something that we that hasn't aired yet that we haven't seen uh, that they recorded with those two guys. Who knows? That may end up being the only segment we get with them on television between now and WrestleMania. I don't know what the build is going to look like when one half of that build is not going to be available. He's not going to be around. Um, But if it ends up as a United States championship match, to me, the reason I didn't like that idea is because it makes the match more predictable. If the U.S. title is on the line, and it doesn't have to be, just because Austin Theory is the champion doesn't mean it's necessarily going to be a U.S. title match. But if the U.S. title was to be on the line, to me, it, it gives away the finish. Right, it's a little more unpredictable if you just have a singles match between John Cena and Austin Theory because you could argue it could go either way. If there's a title on the line, John Cena is not winning the U.S. title because John Cena is not going to be around to defend the U.S. title unless he drops it on Raw the next night, which I suppose is always possible. So that's one of the reasons why I don't think this match uh, needs a title. As I said, though, at the press conference uh, that aired after Elimination Chamber, as I was getting ready to go live, Edge apparently accepted an open challenge. He's going to be wrestling Theory on Monday night for the U.S. title. I don't think we're going to get a title change. I don't think they're going to switch the belt on Monday, but that is a, an interesting little turn of events, though, if they do that match on Monday night. So we'll see. We'll have to uh, wait and see how they go about handling this. Then it was time. The match that I've been waiting for for a very long time. For the undisputed WWE United United States champ. I'm still thinking about Austin Theory. Uh, But yes, we have Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn for the undisputed championship. Everything built to this. Everything built to this moment. And in a rarity, the champion entered first. So, we usually do not see Roman Reigns coming out first in these situations. And uh, the champion should typically be coming out last. But they knew what reactions these uh, men were going to get. And so they did it in reverse this time. Roman Reigns came out with Paul Heyman to thunderous booze. No solo Sokoa. No Jimmy Uso. No Jay Uso. And of course,. Everybody was waiting. Loud "fuck you," Roman chants over his theme music, drowning out the theme music almost. So when Roman's music stopped, the crowd started singing the "ole ole ole" song. They were ready to blow, and they did. They came unglued when they played "Worlds Apart," and Sami Zayn came out. And as I said at the beginning of the stream, this had CM Punk in Chicago. Money in the Bank 2011 vibes to it. Very, very similar. Goosebumps for Sammy's entrance. He went over to kiss his wife in the front row. They posted a great little interview with his wife, by the way, on their YouTube channel earlier today. Uh, Two minutes long, but uh, I thought that was a, a nice touch. Roman had a smile on his face in the corner. I looked at that and I said, that's a legitimate smile. That's a genuine smile that... I'm not even sure he wanted to smile necessarily, but he did. So he started to play off it like, okay, we'll we'll just kind of roll with it. But you gotta, you gotta think that he was genuinely happy for Sammy in this situation. And also just genuinely happy to be in front of a crowd like this because most wrestlers would die for an environment like this. Like this is what this is why they do what they do. Right? It's about nights like this, it's about reactions and Being in places like this, these moments don't come along very often. But when they do, it's like lightning in a bottle. You wish you could bottle that shit up and just use it every single night. Uh, So, yeah, he had a noticeable smile on his face. Samantha Irvin handled the ring introductions. Did a great job, as she always does. Samantha is fantastic. So the bell rang, and we got a standing ovation. Doesn't happen very often. I can remember it happening when the Wyatt family and the Shield met for the very first time before they even touched. We got a standing ovation. We got holy shit chants. So uh, we had a, a similar situation here. This is the biggest match of Sami Zayn's life. That's what tonight was. For the 20 plus years he's been doing this, from the El Generico days and all the time in Ring of Honor and all all the independent stuff, his career in NXT, his main roster run in WWE. It all boiled down to this moment here. You know, his his wife and his family in the front row, friends are there, main event, pay-per-view against the biggest star in the business for the top championship in the company. It don't get no bigger than this. This is a man who a year ago was doing jackass pranks with the Johnny Knoxville. Amazing how things can change in in one year's time. Roman was standing stoic in the corner. His expression was not changing. His stare was not breaking. In the opposite corner, it looked like Sammy was trying to break him. as As he broke Roman and the members of the bloodline weekly for months on television, he was trying to break, I think he was trying to break this guy, trying to get him to crack. This went on for about 30 seconds, and then the crowd erupted into another standing ovation. And I love how they had the announcers lay out for parts of this. So they just, you know, shut up and just let them play the uh, crowd reaction because that that tells the whole story. You don't really need the announcers to say much in those situations. So we got more fuck you, Roman chants. Thinking, boy, boy, these uh Canadians are a bunch of potty mouths. I didn't realize it until last night when Fox kept blacking out my screen, and then again tonight. These these Canadians, man, they're like A bunch of truck drivers up there. So finally, they locked up. And the first points go to Roman Reigns, who takes down Sammy with a shoulder tackle. Sammy came back with a side headlock, uh, but he ate a back elbow by Roman. Sammy then was able to send Roman out to the floor and followed up with a dive out onto the champion. They got a shot of Sammy's wife cheering from the front row back inside. Sammy unloaded on Roman in the corner with about 20 punches and then came off the middle rope with an elbow that knocked Roman down. He tried for another one, but this time he ate a thrust and he got sent to the floor. Roman followed him outside, hit the drive-by, and Roman then started uh, yelling at the fans, kind of jawing with the fans and asking them, you know, is that all you got? You got a couple of Sammy chants? Really? That's all you got? Zane fought back, but uh, another thrust cut him down in his tracks. So then Roman looks down at Sammy's wife. He spots Sammy's wife in the front row, looks down at her and tells her, I just want you to know this is not what I wanted. I didn't want this. I wanted you to be part of my family. So that I wanted to help provide for you. And he threw Sammy out of the ring right in front of his wife. And again, Roman went out there. He saw Sammy's wife. And he telling he tells his wife, I didn't want this. He blamed Sammy for this. Sammy's wife screamed that Sammy loved, he loved you. This is drama. That's what this is. This is high drama here. Back in the ring, Sammy hit a big clothesline that took down Roman. And then he clothesline reins out of the ring. Now the shoe is on the other foot. Sammy started to unload on Roman right in front of his wife. And then he planted a big kiss on his wife. Reigns was down in the middle of the ring. Sammy started climbing. Roman, though, cut him off with a right hand. Roman tried for a superplex, but Sammy fought out of it and hit a sunset bomb for the closest of near falls. Paul Heyman's eyes were bugging out of his head. They, They zoomed in on Paul's face. He had this priceless reaction here. So Roman planted Sammy with a huge standing uranage, uh, but only got a two count. Roman then cocked the fist, and he was setting up for the Superman punch. But Sammy caught him and hit an exploder into the corner. Sammy then set up for the huluva kick. Reigns, though, picked him up out of the air, or picked him off, I should say, out of the air with a Superman punch. And he got two and a half out of it before Sammy kicked out. Now Roman was setting up for the spear. Sammy, though, leaped over Roman to avoid it. Roman then collided with the middle turnbuckle. And Sammy hit another exploder in the corner. Now he's setting up for the haluva kick. But no, wait, he's cocking the fist, just like Roman Reigns. And he cocks his fist, hits his own Superman punch, and then he connects with the huluva kick. And the people were absolutely losing their minds. Over this. He covers the champion. He gets one. He gets two. He gets three. Ah, no, Roman kicks out. At the last possible second. Sammy then sets up for yet another haluvah kick. And Roman consents this. And so he takes a powder out to the floor. So Sammy goes outside. And I have not seen him try this move in many years. But he tried for the old... Jump through the turnbuckles into the DDT spot that we've seen him. I mean, he used to do this many, many years ago. He also uh, did it in NXT. I can't remember the last time I've seen him attempt this move. He did this move once. I, I'm trying to think who it was against in NXT. Um, it it might have been the match with either Adrian Neville or or maybe it was a match with Tyler Breeze. I don't remember, but uh, like the best one I ever saw him hit. It's just a, it's an incredible move if he can hit it just right. If not, you know, it it doesn't look good if if it's not done correctly because, you know, it it slows your momentum and it doesn't look as good. But here, uh, we'll never know how it would have turned out because Roman cut him off, caught him with a right hand. Roman then circled the ring. He did his own little version of the Strowman Express. Circled the ring. He built up ahead of speed. He was going to try to spear Sammy through the barricade by the timekeeper's area. Sammy moved, though. And Roman went through the barricade instead. Sammy got him back into the ring. And he hit the blue thunderbomb. I was waiting for the blue thunderbomb. It's my favorite move. He never fucking wins with it. Well, he, that's not true. He's won a couple of matches with it. But, and usually it's against AJ Styles. He beat AJ Styles on Raw with it. And he beat AJ Styles many years ago on SmackDown with it. So AJ is the only man who I've seen Sami Zayn beat with the uh, blue thunderbomb. But I love that fucking move. So he hits the blue thunderbomb. And he gets another two and a half count. Roman kicks out at the last possible second. Sammy was throwing every possible thing he could think of at this man, but it just was not working. So he tried for another blue thunderbomb. He was about to. Uh, Roman, though, blocked it. And then he backed Sammy into the corner. And they crushed the referee. Poor Dan Engler gets crushed in the corner. So there we go. There, there's your ref bump. Sammy, though, he got a third haluva kick, but there was no referee. So he rolled over Roman Reigns, and he got the visual pin. Right? What have I been talking about on the streams over the past week, right? He gives Sammy the visual pin. That's fine. I, I, I didn't want to do a dusty finish. I know some people were thinking, at least give the people their moment right even if he doesn't keep the belts uh i didn't like that idea cuz again you're dealing with a guy here who has not been pinned in 3 years and so you, you could do a visual pin but to actually beat him to actually have the referee count 3 and get the big celebration and everything i again i wouldn't give that away until wrestlemania or until you know whatever whatever time it is that he finally loses the championship so i'm glad they didn't do a dusty finish Uh, But I don't have a problem with them doing the visual pin. So there's no referee. Now here comes Jimmy Uso. He snuck across the border. Jimmy Uso, two super kicks to Sami Zayn. Then a third. And down goes Sami. Jimmy then goes up to the top rope. He hits the Uso splash. And he drags Roman on top of Sami. Now we have a new referee who slides into the ring. Sammy, though, gets his shoulder up at the last possible second. And this match continues. We got the yay-boo spot with the back-and-forth right hands. Roman grabbed him by the face. He kept yelling at him, You understand me? Do you understand me? Sammy came back, stomped a mud hole in him in the corner. Reigns rolled to the floor. Sammy then kicked Jimmy off the apron on the opposite side. But when Sammy turned around... He ate a spear from Roman Reigns. Reigns had the match won, but Sammy kicked out. Sami Zayn would not die. He would not surrender. He still had life left in his body. Roman started yelling at him, You ruined my life. I tried to help you. This is how you repay me. You were nothing without me. He slapped Sammy. And he slapped him again, and he slapped him again, and he slapped him again. Sammy then smacked the taste out of his mouth. Roman went for the Superman punch, but he took out the new referee, Ryan Tran. So that's the second ref bump. of This is where it got very uh, TNA-esque with the overbooking here in this match. One ref bump is, is understandable so that Sammy could at least get the visual pin. Now we have a second ref bump. So down he goes. Sammy hits a Superman punch of his own. Then Roman took him down with a Superman punch. So now both men are down. Now we have the wise man, Paul Heyman. He pulls a chair out from under the ring, and he hands it to Roman Reigns. When all of a sudden, out of the crowd, in the ring, appears a wild Jey Uso. And Jay Uso is standing in the middle of the ring. Roman Reigns is to Jay's right, and he's got the chair. And Sammy is still down on the mat to Jay's left. So Jay is in the middle of this whole thing. He's looking down at Sammy. Then he looks over at Roman. And again, he has that kind of scowl on his face like he had when he walked out at the Royal Rumble. And Roman said, uh, you know, he's kind of looking at him confused. Like, what do you do? And he goes, it's either me or it's him. You have to make your choice. Roman then handed him the chair. Just stuck his hand out and handed him the chair. Exactly like what Roman did with Sammy at the Royal Rumble. And the crowd started chanting, no. Jay grabbed the chair. He looked conflicted, but Jay grabbed the chair. Roman then stepped in front of him. This fucking guy doesn't learn. He turned his back on Sammy Zayn at the Royal Rumble and got whacked. So now he does the same exact thing to Jay Uso. He steps in front of him so that he can look down at Sammy and start yelling at him. So now Jay is standing there. He's got a clear shot at Roman if he wants to take it, right? Because he's got the chair in his hand. But he doesn't do it. And uh, Roman turns back around. And he starts snapping his fingers like, come on, let's go. Come on. You know what to do. So he takes the chair back. And he pie faces Jey Uso. And Sammy, at this point, is back up to his feet. Sammy went to go spear Roman. Roman moved. And Sammy speared Jey Uso instead. And then Roman wore out the chair across Sammy's back. One more spear. That's it. That's all Sami Zayn had left in his body. Roman Reigns gets the pin. Dan Engler, the original referee, crawls back over to do the slow three count. And Roman Reigns, everybody, is going to WrestleMania. There we go, right there. I'll get it right one of these days. To defend his championships against the American Nightmare. Cody Rhodes. So the crowd was deflated, as you would imagine. Uh, I mean, of course the crowd was going to be deflated because their guy didn't win. Right? It happens sometimes. Not everybody ends up being a winner. So they have all the crowd shots of people. They're shocked. They're disappointed. They're speechless. They got their arms crossed. They look like uh, they just got a phone call that their, uh, their dog died or ran away or something. Everybody in the building is all... Deflated because Roman Reigns has beaten Sami Zayn. Jimmy then pounced on Sami and started beating him up when Kevin Owens' music played. And the crowd came alive for him. He took out Jimmy. He went after Roman. He dropped him with a stunner. Stunner to Jimmy as well. Then he gave Jimmy a pop-up powerbomb outside the ring through the announce desk. Owens spotted a chair that was just kind of propped up against the barricade. And he grabbed the chair. He brought it back into the ring with him. He was going to use it on Roman Reigns. When all of a sudden, the wise man attacks him from behind. Paul Heyman, with these little, like, I don't know, rabbit punches or whatever. He's, like, hitting Kevin Owens in the back. And the crowd starts chanting, you fucked up at Paul Heyman. Owens drops the chair, but he gives Heyman a stunner. And Heyman, (laughs) I don't think Heyman's ever taken the stunner before. That might have been his first stunner bump. And uh he took the safest bump you'll ever see. <laughs> Which is understandable. He still takes a better stunner than Vince McMahon does.
2: Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
0: Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? ha! in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the
2: car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void required prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: But down goes Paul Heyman. So now we have Owens in the middle of the ring. You have Roman Reigns in one corner. You had Sami Zayn in the other corner. Owens turns around to see that Sami is back up. And he steps aside. He clears a path. And Sami Zayn charges across the ring one last time, hits the haluba kick, and takes down Roman Reigns. Owens then left the ring while they played Sami's music. Uh, The two of them stared at each other, but there was no embrace. There was no embrace on this night. There was no handshake. There was no reunion. Joyous reunion here in Montreal. Uh, Not yet. That is how they went off the air. They showed Sami Zayn in the ring. Uh, He obviously had a look of... He had had this big... um, A big scratch. I don't know what it was from. uh, Across most of his body. I I didn't see what that uh, came from. But he had a look of disappointment, obviously, on his face. As they uh, cut to the closing video. They showed uh, highlights from the entire show. Uh, the right man went over. I'll say it again. I know people are going to, a lot of people are going to be very upset with that finish. They're going to think WWE missed a huge opportunity. They should have listened to the crowd, and they should have done the title change this late in the game with a man who is 900-plus days into a championship run that has in many ways become an attraction the likes of which uh, The Undertaker streak was, right? It, it, it's something that does not come along very often. It will likely never happen again. We're not going to have another run like this at the top in WWE. We're not. We're not going to have an, In our lifetime, I don't believe we're going to have another run like this. I don't think they're going to have the belts or belt on somebody for 900 days or 950 days or whatever it ends up being. We're in the middle of a very special period here. And they have things already set for WrestleMania. Everybody is accounted for. If you assume the direction they're going in is Roman and Cody, KO and Owens against the Usos, everybody, all the key players in this scenario would then be accounted for for WrestleMania. And as late as it is now, six weeks away, you don't deviate from the plan because, hey, this this guy's really over. He is really over. And I think he should continue to be involved in this story, but that does not mean that you should just change all your plans and make him the champion. Because everybody else is affected by this. The way that the, the, there's different layers to the story. There's the Jey Uso layer to it. There's the Sami Zayn layer to it. it. Like There's so many different threads here as part of this story. It's been built up over a period of so many months. Uh, you pull one little thread and it could fuck the entire thing up. And that's not fair to the other people who were involved in this story. And, you know, one of the other things I also have heard a lot about this week is, oh, well, you know, if you don't put the belt on Sami Zayn now, you may not have another opportunity to do it. He may not have this kind of momentum. Like, he's not going to have this kind of momentum. These people are talking like, if you don't do it now, you'll never be able to do it. Well, if Sami Zayn, if you have faith that Sami Zayn is truly over at a level where he deserves to be the champion and be the one to beat Roman Reigns, I mean, do you hear what you're saying? Do you not have any faith that Sami Zayn is not still going to be over six months from now? Nine months from now, a year from now? Yeah, maybe he won't be at the level of, of, of just white, hot, popular that he is now. I I understand that. But they talk about him like, if you don't do it now, you'll never be able to. Just give him the belt. It's going to be a moment. You can just put the belts back on Roman on TV this week. You can, just, you can put the belts back on Roman. Just give Sami his moment. That would be the most short-sighted, stupid thing that you could possibly do. And that's what I've heard a lot of this week. I've heard a lot of very short-sighted booking um, for a storyline that is one of the best long-term booking stories in at least a decade in this company. And there's a lot of people who are thinking short-term and not long-term. And that would do great damage, I think, to what WWE has done here. And it would do a lot of damage, not just to Cody, but to a lot of people who are involved in this. You have to look at the bigger picture. I know, I know that you know you don't want to hear that. And I know some people are going to be upset, but you got to get over it. You got to look at the bigger picture here. This was the right move to make. I can quibble about how they went about doing it. I'm not thrilled about the ambiguity about what Jay Uso did, and and you know there was no turn, and we still don't know where he stands. They're doing it because they want to milk it on TV for a few more weeks. Uh, but we're all going to get to the same destination. I am concerned that the way they went about doing it um, could cause people to think that Sami Zayn still has a shot at being involved in this main event next, you know, next pay-per-view, which uh yeah, he may be involved in the main event on night one for the tag team titles. Uh, but it's not gonna be with Roman Reigns. The way they went about doing it is not the way I would have done it. I think they needed to be more uh, kind of declarative and have Jey Uso make it very clear where he stands. And yes, it's predictable, but predictable does not automatically mean bad. That's another thing that annoys me. People always associate the word predictable with bad. Sometimes predictable is bad. A lot of times predictable is not bad. Sometimes the idea that makes the most sense and seems the most obvious is the correct way to go. This is one of those situations the people who are very upset tonight, they'll get over it. Because if you've been following this story now and you've enjoyed this story and you've enjoyed the twists and turns and where it's gone, you'll follow the story to its conclusion. The story is not over yet. It's just that this chapter of the story didn't end the way that you wanted it to. You know? Sometimes that happens. You don't always get what you want in these situations. But that doesn't mean the WWE has not put together one of the best stories they've ever done in the history of their company. And it made for what I thought was a very fun main event tonight in Montreal. So now we'll see what the aftermath is on TV this week. And uh, more interestingly, what the reaction is going to be in light of tonight's events to Cody Rhodes when he walks out there on Raw on Monday night. Because so far it's been, it's been good, but... Uh, we'll see. We'll see after tonight if that changes. A, uh, Jay Pralster 93. This became a, uh, sound-off legend. Thank you for being a channel member. Let's see, uh, what the poll says. Holy cow. We've already got over 2,600 votes in. And, uh, nearly 80% of you have given this pay-per-view a thumbs up. thumbs up for Elimination Chamber, 13% thumbs in the middle, and 8% thumbs down. That is an overwhelmingly positive score. So uh, it looks like you and I are on the same page here. I thought overall this was an excellent show. And uh, I can quibble about a few things here and there, but I had a a very good time watching this pay-per-view. It's a very strong show. And I think it sets them up very strongly heading into WrestleMania now. Right, we we can see what the direction is for a lot of the key matches, Roman and Cody, the tag team titles, the two women's title matches, Seth Rollins and Logan Paul. Right, we know that we're going to get something most likely with Ray and Dominic, probably another match, maybe Hell in a Cell with Edge and Balor. Bray Wyatt has laid down the gauntlet to. Uh, the winner of Brock and Bobby, and so that may end up being a triple threat. I mean, we'll see how that that whole situation plays out. But the key matches at WrestleMania now seem to all be accounted for. I think we'll get Gunther defending the IC title against Sheamus and Drew McIntyre. Uh, It's a a very strong card. If the card comes together the way that I expect it to, uh, it's going to be a very strong show. WrestleMania last year was actually probably the best WrestleMania in many, many years. WrestleMania 38, I would say, was the best WrestleMania since WrestleMania 30 and 31. So it was a very strong show last year, and uh, I think it has the potential to be very strong again this year. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, what they have in store. And I'm looking forward to uh, going through your Super Chats here. Yeah, you know, Spirit, Spirit Planes in the chat makes a, another very good point that I think is worth mentioning here. Which is the fact that this is not just the Sami Zayn story. I think people are also being very selfish, frankly. Uh, as adamantly as they say, oh, you're wrong, you know, it needs to be Sami going over. These people are being very short-sighted and very selfish because this is not the Sami Zayn story. The Sami Zayn story is part of the overall bloodline story. There's a Sami Zayn story. There's a Jay Uso story. There's the story of Roman himself and the reign that he's in the middle of. Cody is going to have his own story arc now. So it's not all just about Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn made the most of it. He got over in a big way, but it's the bloodline story. He's one important part of it, but it's not just all about Sami Zayn. You've got to look at the bigger picture here. A lot of people who are showing their ass this week who are just looking, you know, they're looking in the short term, and they're just not seeing the bigger picture here. Hey, Bobby's World, thank you for the super chat. As well as as WWE and Triple H have handled this story so far. And, you know, a year ago I would have said I have no faith in the uh, creative direction of these stories in WWE. But as much care as they have given this story and as well as they've handled this story, I, I have faith that they will finish it out in the proper way. It's been the best part of their television shows for the entire year. Metal rules. Buy or sell, Bron Breaker makes his main roster debut on the Raw after WrestleMania. I don't think it's going to be on the Raw after WrestleMania. Um, I could see it. I could definitely see it, but I feel like it might not be that first Raw right after Mania. I feel like we're going to be getting one or two debuts on that show, but I don't know that Bron Breaker will necessarily be one. Thomas Colella with the $20 Super Chat. Hey, Thomas, thank you if you are still here with us. This was uh, seven hours ago that he dropped the uh, 20 bucks. So if you had to put these matches in order by crowd reaction, how would you do it? Rock and Stone Cold at 17 Hogan Rock at $18, uh 10 man tag at the Calgary Stampede, or tonight's main event? You are awesome. Uh, Thomas, thank you. I mean, Ho- Hogan Rock is is just kind of in a stratosphere of its own. I mean, you gotta you gotta keep in mind you had sixty seven thousand people in the Sky Dome, so you had a lot more people in the building that night than you had tonight in Montreal. Ho- Hogan and Rock is going to be number one, uh, probably no matter what. the The Calgary one that's another one. The building was literally shaking. So I would go uh, Hogan Rock. I would say Calgary number two. Tonight number three. And then Austin Rock. As far as reaction, uh, Austin Rock I'd put dead last. Uh, Brumakian Productions. I'll see you all at WrestleMania with a big dono. Hey Brumakian. I'm going to hold you to that. Crypto and Poker. The Shield. Do you think Dutch was a serial killer? You know, I always felt like he had the capacity to be a serial killer. I, I remember I told that to my uh, to my friends at the time we were watching the show. I said, Dutch is the kind of guy who probably has, like, women chained up in his basement or something. Great television show, by the way. If you've never seen The Shield, you definitely need to make time to watch it. Uh, Thomas, nobody has brought this up, but when Sammy and Kevin win the tag titles, Kevin Owens will be a Grand Slam champion. I think that is pretty cool uh, I did not realize that I believe you are correct The cheeseburger with the uh, $20 super check could buy a lot of cheeseburgers with that 20 bucks. Just a suggestion a Women's Be The Booker Future Endeavor, the Bella Twins, Dixie Carter and Lacey Von Eric and replace them with Stardom Town I, As I said, Dixie is gone Dixie, Dixie is no longer there. Dixie is dead in uh, Be The Book. So you don't have to worry about her anymore. Juicy Nate, 93. Since Jay did not turn on Sammy or do what Roman wanted, could you see them doing Jay against Roman? After Roman loses the titles of WrestleMania. Maybe Money in the Bank or at SummerSlam. Yeah, I think we could definitely get Roman and uh, Jay in a singles match again at some point. After WrestleMania. Lamar Smith, going to my first Mania. Hopefully the main event can be as good or better than that. Uh, do you think they kept Cody off the show to keep him from getting booed? Uh, they kept Cody off the show because Cody had no match. Cody had no obvious direction. What are you going to do? Are you Are going to put him on the show just for the sake of being on the show? That's why Cody wasn't on the show. Dan Richards non-fans will never get it but shows like tonight are the reason we watch wrestling tonight I fell in love with wrestling all over again best elimination chamber ever so Dan really liked the pay-per-view tonight EJ Slamp, remember a few weeks ago when I stopped the fight between coaches well it happened again today and this time I feared for my safety people are crazy you know people are out of their fucking minds and this is like a, a game with like little kids. I think you said, right? That's that's a great example to uh, set for those kids. By the way, yeah, good, good, uh, good parenting there. Black Wolf: The bloodline story has developed so many twists and turns that I don't know if Jay will betray Roman after all or stay loyal. Either way, WWE did great. Mr. AJ Allday, Great pay-per-view Unbelievable storytelling Oscar winning the chamber was great But Bianca retaining to me Would springboard her heel turn If booked correctly Thanks for all that you do, Solomonster. Yeah, well If anybody is in need of a heel turn I think it is um, I think it is Bianca Belair The cheeseburger All hail the tribal chief Roman Reigns All hail the salt of the earth Maxwell Jacob Friedman Oh, CM Punk is in the Battle of the Valley. What? Uh Rizzo, that poor Peacock employee that has to edit out all of those chants is going to be working overtime tonight. Uh Skull Dipper, main event was an emotional roller coaster, and hearing the crowd so hot throughout the entire night was great. Overall, a really fun show. Rizzo says, great show, 8 out of 10. Uh, the ending to the main event was odd, with Jay still not making a choice. And also, where was Solo? The Women's Chamber was great. You know, I, I hadn't even picked up on that, but that's actually a great point. Uh, what the hell happened to Solo Soko? Solo is supposed to be the enforcer of the bloodline. And uh, he was the one at the end of the Royal Rumble. Roman told him, you know, we're going to war. And he wasn't even there tonight. That was kind of strange. JWD, if Cody does not join WWE, does Sami Zayn get the win at WrestleMania or does Roman Reigns streak continue? Just uh, just courtesy what the... I think he means curious, what the plans would be. Yeah, I, if, if Cody Rhodes either doesn't sign with WWE or does not get as over as he is... I know some people still don't want to believe he's over, but he is. If he's not as over as he is, then Sami Zayn, I think, is the one who wins the championships. So, I think of the two options, WWE looks at Sami and they look at Cody and they say, this is the guy that we could build around. They just don't see Sami in that light. And I think it's very telling that you have a lot of fans who are... It's almost like they're afraid. If you don't put the belts on Sami now... Well, that's going to be it. Well, then you obviously don't think very highly of Sami Zayn being able to get over again, right? Which kind of proves my point that you don't put the belts on somebody like that uh, when you have this incredible run that Roman is on uh, just for the emotional high that you'll get on that one night. Clearly, there's a lot of people who obviously don't have a lot of faith in Sami Zayn. If They think that if you don't put the belts on him now that he'll simply never be this hot ever again. Doesn't sound like these people have a lot of faith in Sami Zayn. Uh, Justin Jack says Tony Khan is better than Ariel, Cole, Paul, and Vince. Uh, Gordon Smith, it might be cliche to say, but this felt like a takeover show. Nick Grasso with the $20 Super Chat. The Brock Lesnar-Bobby Lashley match was a waste of time, so where did they go with it at WrestleMania. Very good match with Zayn and Roman, but not a good finish. Jay needed to turn Sammy. Instead, they just uh, turn on Sammy. Instead, they just did the typical Roman finish. Yeah, again, I I wasn't a fan of the way they did that. I agree. Uh, Lakers-Pats. I think Roman beats Cody at Mania, faces Jay at SummerSlam. Look, it's not a foregone conclusion that uh, Cody is going to definitely win the belt at WrestleMania. I, I think there's actually a very good chance that he may not. Aftermath, twenty-five twenty-five. The crowd was outstanding, and this Montez Ford guy, my God, pure entertainer. I'm telling you, Montez Ford, man, he's a star in the making. Carl the Crab, sorry or I would have arrived earlier for the stream, but I was waiting for my music to hit. Well, you're, I mean, like most wrestlers, standing in the gorilla position, waiting and waiting and waiting, it doesn't matter if their best friend is being beaten to a bloody pulp. It's like Vampiro that time, right? Was it the AAA show? Play my fucking music. <laughs> He's not making the save unless you play his fucking music. You gotta play the music.
2: no purchase necessary void prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details
1: Christian says I don't see how you get to Sammy and Owens against the Usos uh, with Jay not turning on Sammy tonight well no I mean you, you'll get there but they're just dragging it out for television that's the whole point they have six weeks until Wrestlemania one of these weeks Jay will turn Jay will have to make his decision uh, I think since they're going to get there inevitably anyway. I think it was stupid not to do it tonight. Uh, Rodimus Prime, crowds like this are why I love wrestling. Amazing show tonight. I loved it. James Cooper, yes, the ending was predictable, but the storytelling was masterful. The pop was huge. It told a story. The U.S. title match was amazing. Uh, One of the best chamber matches. Pat Patterson would be so proud of Sam. EJ Slemp, Montreal's own Pat Patterson, was looking down on Sami Zayn today and was so proud of him. I look at him as the last Pat Patterson guy. Do you agree? I guess. I mean, I, you know, I know Pat was a big fan of his, so uh, probably, yeah. Sam Dankman Weed with the $35 super chat. How did I miss that? Damn, thank you. That's a lot of weed. Overall, great show. I chuckled at the randomness of Brock giving the low blow to Bobby Who. The women's match had me torn between Liv and Asuka. The main event, I was cheering so much for Sammy, I legit wanted him to win. Well, that's the whole point. That's how they get you. That's how you know they've done their job. They had me, too, on a couple of near falls there. I thought, that, I thought maybe they had uh, called an audible there. Dre Hund, buy, sell, rent on the Anonymous Raw GM, Pandemic Shows, or the Guest GM? Um, pandemic Shows are just fucking terrible, so that will uh, always be at the bottom of the list. Wrestling is meant to be in front of people, not in front of fucking screens. So Pandemic Shows go right on the very bottom. Hey, uh, D, the original 31 just subscribed. Thank you, D. Welcome to the channel. As far as the anonymous GM and the guest GM, I'll go. Guest GMs were largely horrible, you know, with with the exception of people like Bob Barker and uh, maybe Betty White. Uh, The rest of them mostly sucked. So, I'll take the anonymous. I'll take the fucking laptop over the guest GMs. Doctor Dakota Scorpio. Somehow Vince returned to creative after that. Don't say that. Paul Hamilton with that $100 super chat bomb. Was that two hours ago? Holy crap. I have a lot of messages to get through here. <laughs> we, got, we got a lot of messages to get through. Uh, outstanding storytelling over the last year with Sammy from the Portland star. Thank you again, Paul. Uh, Thomas Rondon, you were right with all the outcomes. What did you think of all outcomes? This was a great pay-per-view. Well, I just went over all the outcomes, so now you know. Uffman Entertainment, he's going to Wrestleman in Hollywood. Hey, don't, don't make fun of the it's, you can't see it, but the it's there. The Wrestlemania sign is there. Austin Saxton super chat for a new printer. <laughs> it's a good printer. I mean, look, it, it prints it copies, it scans at one time, everything worked fine. Computer rec- my laptop recognizes it it comes up on the list. I go to print and it just hangs and it, hangs and it hangs and it hangs and it hangs and it hangs. I go and I pull the plug out of the printer. I plug it back in. I let it reboot. doesn't seem to work. All of a sudden, it doesn't work. What do you want from me? It's not my fault. Uh, Dr. Dakota Scorpio, WrestleMania is a new hog paper per WrestleMania is a new hog pay-per-view show. Uh, Alex Silva, welcome to the channel. Thank you for the sub. I wish I was happy with the $1.99. Love you, dude. I, I hope you are happy. I hope you're happy with this review. Hey, Chris. Chris is a uh, channel member here. Chris cell thank you, Chris. Simi Valley. I don't think it will be a triple threat. They're saving the J turn for an ending to a smack. That's exactly what I just said. I agree. Uh, Landfill Bear. WWE needs an ultimate bad guy, and Roman Reigns is it. I can't wait to see Sami Zayn chase the title again one day from Roman Reigns. Ted Evans with the 20 bucks. Thank you, Ted. Uh, Like you, I agree it should be Cody and Roman at WrestleMania. I'm tired of people wanting it to be a three-way. That being said, they did a strange job with Sami not losing clean tonight. Fire Panda, thank you for the uh, two bucks. Oh, three bucks. Andre Israel. Carmella has the best offense in the Raw Women's Division running and yelling and weak super kicks. You know, you want to talk about weak offense. I mean, not that I want her to go in there and, and be stiffing the shit out of her opponents, but some of the offense in that chamber match from Raquel was very weak. I mean, she would, yeah, she'd be running people into the corner and she it's almost like she would stop where she would collapse. like, it's just weird. It was- I thought her offense looked uh, very, very weak in spots in that match, like she was very tentative. Uh, Claudio Constantine, Roman forces the Usos to defend their titles as a test of loyalty. How about Adam Pearce forces them to defend the titles because you have to defend your titles. <laughs> that would seem to make more sense to me. Uh, Tyler Robio or 10 bucks the men's elimination chamber tonight might be better than the 2002 non-stop action I don't know about that but I thought it was uh, one of the better chamber matches I've seen in many years Uh, Clapstick77 I'd keep Roman as champion at Wrestlemania he is just too over as the champion to lose to Cody at this point I think him losing at Mania is far too predictable now like I said, I, I would not be surprised if Roman makes it to a 1,000 days and beyond. 1,000 days would be the end of May. Would not be at all shocked if they want to keep that title run going. It would be incredible, though, because if he does not lose, if he wins a WrestleMania, that would be WrestleMania 37, WrestleMania 38, WrestleMania 39, with the heel champion going over in the main event. That is unheard of. It's never happened before. But he is so much bigger than everybody else in the company right now. Um, I think Cody is over enough to do it, but if you if you don't believe in Cody and you look to see who that next guy, you know, who, who would that other person be? It's not gonna be Sam. Who would that other person be? I mean, there aren't a lot of obvious options as far as people that haven't already worked matches with Roman before. Uh, the Barf Nuggets 24. What about Becky and Lita against Bailey and Trish at WrestleMania? No, I don't I don't see Trish going against Lita. If anything, they'd be partners, not not rivals. Rizzo, I thought of this the other day. Fast forward to WrestleMania forty. Jay Uso against Roman Reigns with the stipulation that if Jay wins, Roman must leave WWE. The story started with Jay, and Jay is the one to end Roman's career. Except Roman is not going to be ending his career at WrestleMania 4. Why are you trying to force Roman out of the company by the way? Ro- Roman's the best the biggest star they have. You're ready to retire him at WrestleMania 40? That sounds like a terrible idea. Hey Jared, thank you for re-upping as a sound off legend. Jared Mysterio Hope you're doing well, Jared. feel like I haven't heard from Jared in a while. Richie, they need a baby face for the women's title at WrestleMania, so Becky Lynch should be in that match. Asuka is a baby face. Did you not hear the reaction that she got coming out? Bianca Belair is also a baby face, by the way. <laughs> Are we forgetting that we have two baby faces in that match? Am I missing something here? I mean, I think Bianca will be heel soon. But uh, you've got two baby faces already in that match. Uh, Luis, somebody remind WWE that SoFi Stadium is in Inglewood, not downtown Los Angeles. Well, it's like when they go to uh, Chicago and they're actually in Rosemont, right? They want they want to go with the big city man. They call it Chicago. Dave will. When Daniel Bryan made Edge and Roman into a triple threat, you did not mind, so why can't Sammy do the same and change your mind? What makes Bryan so special? How how are you even comparing the two situations? Because Edge was not winning the champion. What's so hard to understand about this? (laughs) I've heard this from a few people. These are two totally different situations. First of all, I am not a fan of doing triple threats, generally speaking. In the WrestleMania main event. There may be exceptions to that. There have been some good ones. But I always prefer it to be ideally one-on-one. That's number one. Number two... In that situation, Roman Reigns was not losing his championships. It didn't matter. Edge was the babyface of the month to go in there and lose to Roman Reigns. You could add Daniel Bryan. You could have made it a fatal four-way. You could have made it a fucking scramble match. It wouldn't have mattered. This is a totally different situation. So... I don't quite know what the comparison is that you're trying to make. But they're two totally different scenarios. Like, they're not even remotely the same. I have no idea what you're talking about. I really don't. Dave, I love you, but I really don't know what you're talking about. Uh, Aftermath, Bray and Howdy against Lesnar and Lashley at WrestleMania. Now, I, I, as I said earlier, that is that is a possibility. I think Dave sent that twice. Uh Dave, thank you. I, I wish I was happy. Says Brock went on second at the King of the Ring in two thousand two. See, there's always somebody, man. I said, tell me, tell me, find me a match where Brock went on second. I'll cut you some slack because technically you are correct. Of course I was talking more with Brock Brock is you know being a headliner, not not <laughs> three months into his career. But uh you would be correct. I guess technically that would be... That would be an example of Brock going on sick. Uh, Booba. I don't know who you are, but you rock. Anyone know his name? I don't know who you are, but you rock. Talking about me. Who am I? Do you not know who I am? I'm the Sala Monster, Damn it, Booba, thank you. The cheeseburger. Tony Khan needs better help. I've got the code. Tony, you need a code. It's down in the description. I got I got you hooked up with some better help. Uh, Max P123ABC. Edge against Demon. And Wyatt against Cross at WrestleMania. That was a match I suggested to BlissFan when I was trying to talk BlissFan off from the ledge a few weeks ago. I said you could also do Bray and Alexa since they're obviously... Is a connection there against the uh, Carrion Cross and Scarlet at WrestleMania? That's that that would have been a potential match. Obviously, they're going in a totally different direction for Bray, and I'm not even sure Alexa Bliss is going to be on the WrestleMania card. I saw earlier Alexa Bliss is uh, back to tweeting uh, cryptic cryptic stuff. She posted some kind of a GIF of a person sitting by the phone, waiting like she's waiting for a phone call. Who the hell even knows if she'll be on the WrestleMania card this year? Uh, Daniel Shelton, I've only been listening since 2008. Who are you again? I'm the Sala Monster, damn it. I don't know. You guys have bad memories. I don't know, man. Uh, we've got Bobby's World. Said this in the chat, but was literally typing, if KO came out right now, it's dumb. Then his music hit. Great show, though. I legit thought Gargano was dead twice in that chamber. Slim Yoshi, excellent show tonight. I really hope they stay the course for KO and Sammy against the Usos and that they main event night one. It would mean so much to tag team wrestling. Well, especially because there's a J story and there's a Sammy story. So I don't know why people are so against the idea of, of them being in a match at WrestleMania and not doing Sammy and Roman again. Uh, Boobah, I bet Ariel Helwani told... Michael Cole to say that stuff. Uh, DEH Sires with Jay White losing tonight. It's pretty much official that he is going to WWE. What a first four months WWE is going to have this year. Uh, I'm going to be talking a lot more about Jay White and Kenny Omega on the podcast tomorrow. So uh, that'll be something you want to tune in for. Or later today, I should say. Because it's already almost 2 o'clock in the morning. But we have a podcast to do. And uh, I'll be getting into that more. Rizzo, how do you all feel about Peacock editing these shows? fuck you Roman chants are already gone from the Royal Rumble. Those chants tonight will be gone as well. Are they gone from the Royal Rumble? See, that's shitty. I am not a fan of uh, them censoring those chants. It's a pay service. There's nothing wrong with throwing a warning up before a show. There's a profanity, but to completely edit it from the show, I think is very shitty. He also says, I feel like we pay for the network and it should be unedited, just my two cents. It should be. Bobby's World, I think KO and Sammy against the Usos makes perfect sense. Quite obviously. Roman was a big part of the story, but I always felt the real story was between Sammy and Jay. I agree. Maruthi Maruthi Rom. Do you think AJ Styles and the Good Brothers involving in Cody and Roman and the Bloodline feud will add an interesting flavor to the storyline? I don't think adding the Good Brothers adds an interesting flavor to anything. And AJ is hurt, he's probably not even gonna make WrestleMania, so. Uh no. Manuel Macias. Do you plan to talk about the Kenny Omega rumors on the podcast tomorrow? Yes, I do. Uh, TRG Swag. Can't wait until Roman turns face and tags with Sammy on a random episode of Raw. It's Cody and the Golden Shovel. Uh, And references their past. Who has had a better career? Moxley or Rollins? Depends what you mean by better career. Moxley's worked more places. Uh, Moxley has been utilized more than Seth has as sort of the not just the champion but really the guy to build around he was the MVP for AEW in 2022 um I'm not sure there's been any year where I would say he was really truly the WWE MVP you know I know he got really hot for a while there I think it was in 2017 I want to say um I'd have to go. I'd have to go. Moxley. I think Moxley has. I think Moxley has been a more important part of the it's company. than
0: uh, he's part. Jerry Lawler loves
2: Goonthar. the magnificent. All hail Goonthar.
0: All hail the mighty Goonthar.
1: I believe that is Jared. Jared, this is the voice of God talking to you, or my uh, my alias, Solomonster. And I uh, bestow upon you the highest of sound-off honors as one of our channel legends. All hail the mighty Jared. Thank you, Jared. Appreciate it. Uh, Maruthi Ram, I am eagerly awaiting promo between AJ and Cody never seen the interaction between these former bullet club members <laughs> sounds like my ex-wife <laughs> oh boy Sam Dankman Weed Montez was the outstanding performer of the night and the Montreal crowd makes New York look like Corpus Christi also, Beth Phoenix paying homage to Bull Nakano. Near. Our old friend Near. Is there any other pay-per-view before WrestleMania? No, there is not. Well, actually, well, WWE, no. Uh, but we do have Revolution coming up in a couple of weeks. I should start getting some extra sleep now for that pay-per-view. Because I'm sure that's going to be a long one. Uh, Dr. Dakota Scorpio I think to me Roman losing the titles at Mania so close to a thousand days would have a bigger impact following Raw or Smackdown he could snap and blame the Usos Uh, Tony Biquette. I listen to the sound off every Sunday and I always look forward to your pay-per-view reviews well Tony I appreciate that I am uh, very happy that you enjoy the reviews and I hope you enjoy this one as well uh, our old friend Sam is back. I know WWE won't do it, but I would have Roman drop the belt at Money in the Bank. If booked right and with that London crowd, it would feel extra special. You know, if they want to get into a thousand days, end of May, Money in the Bank is early July. I would, I would say it's possible, but you got SummerSlam in a stadium. You know, they're going to be in Ford Field one month later. I don't know. I you know, ending the Roman run at money in the bank and now waiting until SummerSlam. I'm not sure about that. Simi Valley, can you see Roman and the Usos against Cody, KO, and Sammy happening? If so, before or after WrestleMania. Possibly WrestleMania backlash main event. Uh back you know, if they do backlash again, I can see that being a backlash. But I could also see that being a big TV main event in March since there's no pay-per-view in March you get everybody involved you know in, in the uh, in one big match on TV like a big raw main event or something
0: with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry
2: sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time
1: Clone Force, look at Nia's hole is covering the screen. Uh, Clone Force 99, I would have loved Sammy to win, but I know that he wasn't, uh, I know that he wasn't going to, but Jay should have turned on Sammy to take the heel heat. Now I am worried for Cody. Uh, Yeah, I I would not have done the uh, finish the way that they did. Sam says run-ins without music are underappreciated make a lot more sense don't they god of seduction triple crossroads at wrestlemania does reigns kick out you know it's it's tough I'm trying to picture like how do you even beat roman like what what beats roman reigns it's not going to be one crossroads i feel like it's going to be three crossroads and somebody coming out and maybe an errant chair shot and I mean, it's going to take a lot to beat this fucking guy. So I don't know. It would be, it would have to be at least a triple crossroads, if not, if not more than a triple crossroads. Uh, Liquid Sheringa, yeah. I, I don't want to keep doing this, but I love, uh, I love you, brother. So for you, I'm the Sala Monster. Damn it! I got to do it. Uh, Booker yeah, from I'm Hell. Walking. Sammy against Roman against Cody against Corbin against Rikishi against x Uh, We have our boy, Jared, dropping a $50 Super Chat. Oh, Jared. I needed a Valium and a beer. Don't be mixing pills and booze now. I needed a Valium and a beer after that match. I have not felt that emotionally invested in a pay per view main event, WWE, since Money in the Bank 2011 with Punk and John Cena. It's one of my favorite matches of... Of uh, all time in WWE, and 2011—hard uh, to believe, 12 years ago that match happened. But you don't get too many matches like that. You don't get too many matches and crowds like we had tonight. Thank you, Jared. Clone Force so Do you think the fans will turn on Cody? I don't. Although after tonight, I'm a little—I'm a little worried based on what they did. But uh, I think Cody will be okay. Look, I think Cody is going to run into certain crowds or pockets of fans who might uh, who might boo him, but I think Cody is going to be okay. Wink the Cosmic Grandma. Done right, I see no reason Jey Uso and Montez Ford can't be top two babyfaces. Gunther and Cody, Gunther against Cody, will be headlining a WrestleMania in no time. Shout out to the chat and thank you to the Solo Monster. Hey, Wink, thank you. Cody against Gunther, I don't know about a WrestleMania main event, but I could see that being a pay-per-view main event, for sure. Uh, Michael Darcy just finished Kyrie and Mercedes. It was an absolute classic. Uh, I am looking forward to... Uh, I'm really hoping I get a chance to watch at least the, the key stuff in the morning. Uh, you know, the thing is, I don't want to... I mean, I guess there's no there's no deadline for me to start recording the podcast, but... I would prefer not to get the podcast up at 8 o'clock at night. So We'll see. I'll try to catch up on that in the morning as best I can. Aussie of Steel. I know you'll talk about it on the podcast, but all I'll say is rest in peace to another women's tag team. Uh, Daniel Malcolm. Montez had it on tonight. Jacket was fire. Aftermath, Brock against Bray at WrestleMania, but it's a cinematic match on Brock's farm. Oh my god. Oh my Jesus. Is Sable gonna make a cameo too? Uh liquid sharing, you're very well. And uh James, the savior Now is it Villiers or Villiers? Want to be uh, upper class? We could say Villiers. Possibility is there for Jay to turn on Jimmy in the championship match against Ko and Sammy with how things ended tonight. Yeah, the possibility is there, but do you really want to break up the best tag team in the company? I mean, I could see uh, Jay Uso getting another main event Jay Uso run. Jimmy, though. It's a weird thing because there was a time many years ago where I thought of the two Jimmy Uso actually could and I think Jay was out with an injury at the time. And I really thought Jimmy could get a run as a single. I thought maybe they put him and Naomi together because I had seen bits and pieces of him. I think it was Total Divas or whatever. And he had a lot of uh, charisma. He's like a funny guy. And I just thought, you know, Jimmy, Jimmy is somebody who can get over. I never in a million years would have thought here we are now all these years later and we have we've got Jay Uso in the position that he's in and Jay is the one who I could see and he already did I mean he had a run at the top there for a little while like if if either one of them were going to get a singles run and, and a run at or near the top uh it would be Jay and not Jimmy but there was a a point in time years ago where I thought just the opposite Uh, Rizzo, could you do an audio review separately like you do sometimes when uh, Dark Side of the Ring was on? For Battle in the Valley? I don't know. I I would rather incorporate uh, just my overall thoughts into the show tomorrow, but I may have to. Uh, If I don't get to it in the morning, I may have to. We'll see. Keyshawn Johnson, what are your favorite Big Four pay-per-view matches from best to worst? Mine is Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker of WrestleMania 25. I don't know. I'm not going to start ranking matches. I mean, my favorite WrestleMania match is Shawn and Undertaker from WrestleMania 25. Uh, just like you. So. King of Doug style. Seems like it has been a while since a WWE crowd was that hot from start to finish. That's what happens when you go to Montreal for the first time for a pay-per-view in 14 years. 14 years. That's how long it's been. 14 years. So I think I am all caught up on your super chats now. You guys killed it. You guys killed it on the likes. We're over 1,100 likes. That is incredible. We have 41 new channel members in the last three hours. Forty-one, and Ray, and Ray Ray has a lot to do with that. Ray Ray, Ray Ray is good for about half that for all the memberships he gifted. So Ray Ray, if you're still hanging with us here at 2 a.m., brother, I love you. Thank you. But uh, anyway, you guys smash the like skulls getting late. I don't want to keep you too much longer. So let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time to be the booker. It is everybody's favorite segment. We had our best edition of Be the Booker last night in months, maybe ever. Maybe ever. We booked some uh, very interesting matches last night. That uh, got some interesting discussion going here on the streams about how those matches would have gone. Kurt Angle and CM Punk, you know, both in their physical prime. Bianca Belair and uh, Jade Cargill. And uh, I forgot I forgot what the tag team match was, but we went 3 for 3. So, let's see if we can have a repeat here tonight. And since it is a pay-per-view stream and since you guys fucking killed it on the likes, maybe we'll do some stipulations too. I think you guys have unlocked the stipulation level of be the booker tonight. So, let's see. We begin with John Cena. The sixteen-time champion, John Cena. You can't see me. Look at this guy. How many t-shirt? How many t-shirts do you think he's had over the years? Different colored t-shirts. John Cena. One-on-one with Maxwell Jacob Friedman. Before I give it the bell, and this is going to get the bell, unless we come up with just a horrible stipulation, (laughs) I want to give this match a stip. What stipulation shall we choose for John Cena and MJF? It'll be John Cena and MJF in an I Quit match. Yes. Yes. That's a great match. John Cena and MJF in a in an I Quit match. There's a pay-per-view main event right there. There it is. That's what I'm trying to book here. I'm trying to book pay-per-view main events. I'm trying to book matches people want to pay money to see. On the women's side, we kick things off with AJ Lee. Former Divas champion. It's going to be AJ Lee going one on one with Tony Storm. I like it. I like it. Should we do a stipulation for this? Yeah, let's do a stipulation for this one. Let's pick a stipulation for this match, too. Mrs. Phil Brooks against Tony Storm, and it will be. (laughs) This is. It will be a lion's den. It's it's actually, it's Mrs. Phil Brooks against Mrs. Uh, Juice Robinson. In a lion's den match. I don't know about that. AJ Lee in a lion's den match. I think, I I think we may have, uh, we may have screwed the pooch on that one. Well, we'll, we'll let that one slide. I still, I still gave it the bell. It's AJ Lee in a, in a fucking Lions Den match. I love it. All right, let's do the uh, tag team, be the booker here. We begin with Billy and Chuck. With their manager, Rico. There's Rico Constantino. I Billy and Chuck were actually underrated. Billy, Billy and Chuck were not a bad team. Very uh, memorable wedding segment on SmackDown. Remember when Eric Bischoff revealed himself to be the, the, uh, what would it be? Minister? Priest? Rabbi? Shrink? Billy and Chuck against the Creed Brothers from NXT. I give that the bell. What the hell? We'll do match. I was only going to do match types for the men, for the uh, singles match for the men, but we'll do match types for all three. Billy and Chuck against the Creeds inside the Hell in a Cell. <laughs> oh, I should have left well enough alone. I should have known when to quit. Billy and Chuck against the Creeds in a Hell in a Cell match. That's okay. I still gave it the I still gave it the bell, so the bell the bell counts. I wanted to show off some of the uh, stipulations. We have thirty two stipulations in the new stipulations. Be the Booker, but there you go. I I still say that's not a main event match, but uh, we'll call it three for three, back to back nights. We've gone three for three. There you go. That's a thumbs up. I'm going to point to the sign for that. There you go. I'm pointing to the sign. There you go. Salad Monster is going to man. That didn't sound right. All right, let's wrap up these last few Super Chats here. Uh, we have got The Mad Dreamer. Do you think the Montreal crowd deserves a top four pay-per-view, even a WrestleMania? Great review as always. I think the Montreal crowd deserves... Whatever the Montreal crowd wants, if they're going to react the way they did tonight. But that Montreal crowd tonight was fantastic. And God of Seduction. Money in the Bank picks. L.A. Knight, Sami Zayn, Gunther, Corbin, and Theory. L.A. Knight, Sami, Gunther, Corbin, Corbin. Corbin? And why theory? Theory? Theory already won Money in the Bank. We don't need Theory and Money in the Bank. Corbin, what's the matter with you? Uh, this has been fun. And it's uh, 2.06 in the morning. I have a podcast to do in a few hours. And uh, I'm going to get out of here. So I want to thank you guys for uh, hanging out with me tonight. We uh, crushed it here on this stream, like I said. Uh, almost 1,200 likes, and uh, we're still live. There'll be more that come in, I'm sure, on the, uh, on the replay. Over 40 new channel members, Ray Ray and everybody else responsible for that. Thank you very much. All the super chats, all the love. If you're new here, if you're a new subscriber, welcome. I hope you enjoyed your stay. I hope you'll come back again Monday night, Wednesday night, Friday night. We're live Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And we'll be live for the AEW pay-per-view in two weeks. AEW Revolution. The main podcast, the audio podcast, the flagship, Monster Sounds Off, episode 796. Is going to be dropping later in the day on Sunday on all the usual podcast platforms, not YouTube. So uh, definitely check that out. Subscribe on there, download the show. So until then, be well, stay safe. And uh, I'm going to be back with you for sound off episode 796 in a matter of hours and then live for the post elimination chamber edition of Raw, the Raw review, Monday night, right back here, live on YouTube. Until then.